it's time. It's time once again to take a journey. So turn on the lights, pull your chair up, get a little closer to the computer, and get ready, because the journey's about to begin. You find yourself alone late at night, driving in the mountains of North Carolina. You're lost, you think to yourself, but no, something is calling you. Something is drawing you in. You turn your radio on, and there it is. A faint station, wafting in and out of the static of the night. A man named Eric, running a show called The Midnight Cafe, calls to you. The conversation seems strange at first, but as you listen, as his voice fades in and out of the static, you realize this is where you were meant to be. This is what you were meant to listen to. For the next two hours, you and I will take a journey, because I am Eric, and this is The Midnight Cafe. We will take a journey that takes us from the normal, well, all the way through to the paranormal and beyond. We'll talk about the knowns and the unknowns, and everything in between, and together, perhaps we'll make a little sense out of this crazy world we all live in. Join us tonight and every Saturday night from 7 o'clock till, well, till whenever. Hello, everyone. It is I. It is Eric, the owner of the Midnight Cafe. And once again with me tonight... Jason, a.k.a. Rockin' Woody. Jason, go ahead and say hello to the world. Hey, hey guys. How you guys doing out there tonight? Ah, it's a lovely night here in the mountains of North Carolina. How about you? Where are you at, my friend? How's things going there? Uh, I'm down here in Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam. It's actually a pretty nice night down here, too. Been there. Y'all start, y'all start hearing artillery shells. Y'all won't freak out. It's... <laughs> Vietnam. Who we got in here with us? Looks like 10 people watching. We got Jay Beals, lover. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And uh, Jordan B., Making that jambalaya. I appreciate you coming by. I know tonight we can expect this show to be a little light on folks because new channel, well, new home for the Midnight Cafe. Once again, this is kind of an experiment in uh, modern modern equipment now. You know, we started off with old 1670 Wasted Radio doing our little show on a pirate radio station. How far were we getting out back then, man? What, maybe a mile? Right a mile, yeah. Yeah. So we go from that to uh, to this. We're talking around the world. Not just talking, but also, also there on video. So it's kind of a, kind of an impressive change, isn't it, my friend? And last week, we got some cool news. Last week, didn't we? We got, we got simulcast. We are now uh, officially. What is that? What do they call that? Officially uh, syndicated. Syndicated, exactly. Move we are up in the world. Yep, syndicated. We are now live on sixteen hundred somewhere in the United States. I didn't catch the call sign, but we did give them permission to, uh, to go ahead and and do what they wanted to do with our signal, then that brings me to this. And, and Rock and Woody, I'll let you go ahead and tell the good folks of the world the information about our, our, our show. Yeah, if, if any of you guys want to link any of this to any of your pages, you want to rebroadcast any of this, you are more than welcome to, just as long as you uh, loop it right back around to us. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so any, any piece you want to, anything you want to send out, you have our full permission. Yeah. Free to air. And uh, we want everyone to enjoy the show, especially... You know, since we got our start on pirate radio, we want to maybe make that uh, available for pirate radio stations around the world. We're kind of kid-friendly. We don't do a lot of swearing, and we certainly don't talk about topics that we shouldn't be talking about on the air. So if you feel like you want to play this on uh, your local pirate radio station, 
your local community, low-power AM or FM radio station, please feel free to do so. Got some people checking in. 741 saying good evening all. Good evening to you, 741. And hello from Central Illinois, Mayhem RV. Well, there you go. Halfway across the country right there. Good to see you. And uh, Chicago suburbs. Wow. So we're hitting hitting a lot farther than that uh, one milliwatt radio station we used to roll with. <laughs> <in, right? laughs> I bet it's cold up there in Chicago right now, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Seriously. You know, they're calling for snow here, but today we actually had kind of a, a decent day. Well, yeah, it was nice today. <laughs> want to get on to it, my friend? Let's push forward. Got a big show. We're going to be covering uh, the main topic tonight. It's going to be the Mandela effect, but we're you know we're we're calling we're talking about everything. Obviously, I do have some news stories I'd like to chat about. Also, please feel free to call us live at the Midnight Cafe via Skype. We do have three way calling available now, so give us a call. Join the conversation anytime. We are going to start once again. Well, not once again. We'll, we'll go to Yellowstone next. We're going to start. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? We're going to start with the Chinese moon landing. Yeah, let me get this picture up here. There we go. Yep, the Chinese on the moon. What do you all think about that, folks? Good evening from Boise, Idaho. Scott, good to hear Chinese you, man. On the moon, on the dark side of the moon. On the dark side of the moon. Pretty incredible accomplishment. You know, there's, uh, what is that? That makes them only the third uh nation on this earth or maybe india did india maybe make a landing there i know they have maybe something in orbit but i think china might be only yeah, the third sure. yeah they're the, probably the third ones to ever get there impressive task now they did have a, another rover that they landed on the moon uh, a couple years back it was like the jade rabbit or something like that and and it uh, did okay for about 50 feet and then they pretty much stopped uh, talking about it. So we assumed that there was some kind of a malfunction. Chinese are usually fairly tight-lipped about these things, a lot like the Russians were back in the space race. Oh, 22. It's interesting about this one, just why they picked it, because they were they were trying to go for that plant life. That was the whole reason for going there. They picked that crater because of the impact and the level of the geology so they could do all that stuff. It was interesting. It's strange. The landscape is strange. They did uh, have a success and a failure, but I call it a success, and we'll pull that up here in a second. But... Uh, they were able to actually grow something on the moon, which is the first time in our known history that, that anybody has been able to do that. And we'll I have a picture of that here. Um, let's see. Jamaica Dog. Greetings from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of a beach in NC. <laughs> Jamaica Dog. Enjoyed another one of those fine cigars I got from you the other day. Thank you again for that. That was really nice. Mayhem RV. Are there still pirate radio stations? Yes. In fact, you're listening to one right now because we are broadcasting... Right now, live on 1670 here in the mountains, North Carolina. So, yeah, there's Pirate Radio. You can go on eBay and get yourself an AM or FM transmitter. Get yourself a microphone just like this fancy one right here and get on the air. That's all there is to it, my friends. 741 saying, impressive accomplishment for the Chinese. USA is ramping up for manned missions to the moon in the next few years. I wish they would hurry up. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'm very happy the Chinese got to the moon, and I hope that that is that push to say, whoa, wait a minute, you know, the... Second or third largest military in the world and the economic powerhouse that China has unfortunately become is now on the moon. So maybe it's time for us to pull our collective heads out of our collective you-know-whats and get back there ourselves before somebody finds something worth keeping. So let me go ahead and close out that picture and we'll take a look at the lander. There it is, a little booger right there. Doesn't look like a very nice place to live, does it? <laughs> no, it does not. Yeah, I mean, rocks, dust... Always weird. Like I say, Eric, there's mm -hmm. no stars out there, so this must be a hoax, too. Well, and there's, you know, the theories are out there that this is a fake <laughs> landing. And you know, with the Chinese, anything's possible. It could be that it's a fake. I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly 
not opposed to the idea that maybe they blew it up and uh, you know it didn't work very well at all and this is just a soundstage obviously with the way that digital editing is nowadays you, you can't tell reality from from yeah. fake so this could very well be but i'm going to go ahead on the premise that that this is real it is weird that stars don't show up i'm sure there's some kind of scientific explanation for that however i don't remember off the top of my head there is no i would not assume this was fake at all i was just taking a jab or yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, jamaica dogs chiming in bet they are talking to china on a balfong radio yeah so jason you're not a huge ham fanatic or cb fanatic like i am but balfong is like the uh the chinese version of uh of a ham radio, and it's probably—I mean—they—they they flooded the market a few years back. These things are twenty or thirty dollars, so just well, about everybody has one. It's funny you mentioned that, Jamaica, because they are out there with no communication because they—it doesn't turn, it doesn't happen. So yeah, it's out there blocked from blocked from. I wonder how are they doing that? What are they must have a satellite in orbit around the moon that's relaying that they, information. They've got, they've got relay stations on the surface, but they're still out there in spots where they can't talk. Crazy man, pretty crazy. Michael Sean's checking in from Texas. Hey, man, there we go. Three quarters of the way across the country. All that on a little teeny weeny pirate radio and a YouTube channel named The Midnight Cafe. Mayhem RV says, I have seen a lot of your radio videos on the Farpoint Farm channel. Yeah, man, I do tons of ham and CB and, and even some pirate radio stuff. And it's, you know, it's a passion of mine. It obviously is. As is uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, Jason and I got started in pirate radio back in 99. Started broadcasting a show. Obviously, we were a little bit younger. I don't recall having that gray right there, but I will say that uh, the two of us had fun then, and and I hope Jason, I know I am. I hope you're having fun now. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. All right, well, let's close out the lander picture here. We'll go ahead and get rid of that one, and uh, I'm just going to show this. This is this is one of the pictures snapped by this thing, and again, not a very not a very hospitable looking place. It almost looks to me though, isn't it? It almost looks like it's wet. I don't know. I'm sure it's just the way the picture's taken, but you have the the rocks and the the sand or the dust or whatever it is looks awfully, awfully wet to me. But it does. It looks compact or like yeah. some mud or something. Crazy, and it's uh, really weird to see uh, this because you know you wonder we 50 years ago were there, man on the moon, and we grabbed a couple of those rocks and brought them back, and now they are some of the most valuable pieces of anything on the whole planet. You know, a piece of moon rock goes for millions and millions of dollars. Because there's just, I think, what was it, 50-some-odd pounds they brought back? So that's mm -hmm. <laughs> until the until somebody goes there and gets more, that's that's all we got. Uh, yeah, pretty wild, man, pretty wild. Let me go ahead and close that out. And here is the picture that I really wanted to talk about, and that's this. Doesn't look like much, does it? Uh, huh, Jamaican dog saying next Saturday he's going to take his ham test. Good luck, Mr. Dog. <laughs> You'll do fine. The general is a little tougher, but, the, like, you're, you know, you base... If you're just taking your, your first test and you've got the book and you've read it and studied it, I, I'm sure you'll do fine on that, my friend. It's when you get into the higher classes that maybe it gets a little bit crazy. <laughs> anyway, back to this picture. Uh, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, that is actually a sprout right there. You're, you're looking at a picture of something that sprouted in the, in the moon's soil, I believe. So uh, it sprouted, it lived, it started. Unfortunately, what ended up happening is the little unit had no, uh, it had no heater. So unfortunately, at the 50 degrees Celsius below that it is on the dark side of the moon, it didn't last for very long. Once the uh, environmental controls brought it down to that temperature, it was pretty well over. I think I may have lost Jason. Are you still there, buddy? No, I'm, I'm right here. I'm oh, right here. Yeah. You got real quiet there for a second. <laughs> Your thoughts on that? Your mic. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the potential is there, obviously. Wouldn't you say, I mean, if we were to build a lunar base and we obviously had heat 
and we maybe made it on the bright side of the moon, uh, we could grow yeah, food. No, that's, a, that's a great sign that's there. I mean, it sprouted. That's, I mean, it, it has to live to sprout. So they have proved it. Amazing. Amazing. So anyway, that's, that's big news. And I don't care, you know, I'm not a fan of China at all. I'm absolutely not a fan of China, but I am, I have to congratulate them on not only a successful flight all the way out there because it's big business, but doing this uh, little experiment, that's got to be right up there in uh, history books. As far as we know, that's the only time that's ever happened. So congratulations to them. And I'll go ahead and close that out. And from there, let's move on into farther deep space. Hold on, let me see here. Uh, Mayhem RV is selling Jamaica. Good luck. It's been a ham for 20 years or so. Good deal, my friend. I, I think I got my ham license in uh, 89. So, yeah, long time. But uh, ham's gone through a lot of changes, ups and downs, a lot like CB, ups and downs, ups and downs. Ham has uh, probably got a more diehard following than CB radio. For some reason, CB's always been where my heart is. But that's, it's just weird. I'm just weird. Also, well, I don't know. I know what it is. I'm poor. That's what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we move on, taking a trip from moon all the way to Mars, and we take a look at this picture, which I I can't blow it up any bigger than that. Uh, well, I, mean, I don't know. Hold on a second here. Let me see. Maybe I can make this bigger. Yeah, I'll make it as big as I can. Here's uh, some, some, some of the many ships that have come out and made it all the way to Mars. Most of these did not blow up on impact, which was kind of nice. But dating back to, uh, you know, the Vikings way back in the, in the 70s and out. But here's, I think... Like you know, 1964, the Mariner 3, Mariner 4. Uh, it's just, this is what we've sent. And if you look at it, you think, wow, that's a lot of ships. And then you think about the 50 years, well, from 64, right? So, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. maybe it's just me. Why aren't we on the moon, man? Why aren't, why aren't we on Mars? If we can send that many ships there and probably about two-thirds of them make it there successfully, seems like we ought to have... Uh, well, it, it probably comes down to our mindset with that because they didn't hear the last two Apollo missions because the public didn't care. So yeah, they're not money. That's kind of my, yeah, money and where it's allocated. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Well, we talked about this last week where we talked about the uh, you know, we talked about deep sea exploration and that was pretty much what we came up with. That was that okay, you've got deep sea exploration, um, but. Why would we want to search for it if there's no money to be made? And apparently, that's the feeling from Mars. The, the technology to get out there is super expensive. And once we get there, what good is it? You know, we're, we're, How can we exploit it? Because our country, and pretty much every country, is all about exploitation of uh, whatever we find, You know, whether it be a natural resource or whatnot. Well, that's why I double back you on that comment, hats off to China for this one, because America would not have flown all the way out there to make land a plane yet. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Jamaica Dogs, uh, one of those had find some of Nancy Pelosi's family. <laughs> She's a strange gal, isn't she? She had an interesting week. We could, I might remind me of Nancy Pelosi later on. I might, might, I wasn't going to cover it, but it is kind of a funny story about her this week. Um, <clears throat> anyway, here's another picture up here I've pulled up that that's a picture of the, uh, the Martian landscape. And again, not a very happy looking place, is it? Well, yeah, it kind of looks more like the beach than the moon. I think I'd rather go there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's warmer than the moon, that's for sure. A little bit, yeah. I think at the equator, it gets up to almost like 50 degrees during the daytime, but it still gets really cold at night. But, yeah, these little rovers have really exceeded expectations. I think those rovers that they sent out there years ago, they were supposed to last like a week or a month, and that they're out there like five years later still trucking. So that's really cool. Good for them. Finally, something we built, built well. That's always nice. Let's see here. What else we got? 
I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Landscape there, yeah. We could even go into that part. You were talking about how many ships there. Yeah. You're going to talk about Art Bell later, and you tie all that together. They swear we're already there, so. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, conspiracy theory-wise, geez. Uh, how about that? I don't know if you remember this one, but last year, you know, Google has mapped the Martian surface from space, just like they have Google Earth. Obviously, the image resolution is not the same as it is for Google Earth because we don't have land photos. But uh, so for whatever reason, I guess they thought it'd be funny, but it, it, instead it kind of stirred up quite a com confrontation or conversation. They put an image of a uh, a base on Mars. I mean, with solar and I mean the works. And I don't. Are you familiar with this? I've not heard that, but they do that willingly as a joke. <laughs> they say it was a joke. So somebody was going through the Mars uh, archives, you know, the Google Mars, and they're going through all that mess, and they come across this base, and they think, my God, they found, you know, something pretty impressive. And, you know, depending on who you want to believe or what you want to believe, they may have found something very impressive. But uh, Google immediately came out and said it was a hoax, it was a joke. Which leads you to two questions, right? If it's a joke, it's not a very good one. And uh, no. if it's not a joke, it's it's impressive. We apparently have a very large installation already on Mars with the amount of black ops money that the government has. It's entirely possible that they're Why would such a big company risk their, risk their uh, reputation for a joke like that? That well, seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's that was my thought, and that was a lot of people's thought. The other thing is, if, you, if you've altered that terrain, that map, to show a fake base, if, if that's what they want us to believe... Then why? What else have you altered? What are you hiding? Yeah, you know, we talked about years ago the face of Mars, which turns out, you know, uh, Hoagland, uh, Richard Hoagland talked about for years, but it turns out that was not, you know, not really the case. It was just an uh, image artifact. But there could be other stuff on the planet that uh, that they're hiding from us, and because they've taken the opportunity to to fake or alter a photograph and then get caught with it and say, well, yeah, we were doing it on purpose, it does make you wonder about the rest. Yeah, it really does. I was, I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's an interesting, something you'll have to check into. Just, the, just uh, Google the base on Mars when we're done here tonight. You, it's a, it's pretty impressive for a fake, but, you know, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on to that, let's, uh, since we're getting goofy here and talking about weird stuff, I guess we can go on to some Art Bell here. And again, guys, uh, the lines are open. If anybody wants to call in and just talk, uh, we don't have to talk about what we're talking about. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, because that is what the Midnight Cafe is really all about. We just kind of do our own thing. I picked out a few things of interest to me this week, and uh, Rock and Woody did the same, but uh, the Midnight Cafe call-in show is an open line show. It's, it's all about talking about whatever. You want to talk radios, you want to talk UFOs, you want to talk uh, politics. I hate talking politics, but I'm really, really knowledgeable about it, so uh, go for it. <laughs> the lines are open live. Go on the Midnight Cafe. Anyway, on to a bit of sad news. This is kind of a bummer, and I'm, again, not sure... You're aware of this rock and woody, but uh, Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Remember that show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it lives on now. It's become Coast to Coast with George Norrie, and uh, George Knapp sometimes does a show. They have a bunch of guest hosts. I mean, great show. Uh, probably be on the air long after you and I have passed on to greater things. But Coast to Coast with Art Bell, he's a he's – a, a, I mean, I, I love the man. He's, he's the whole reason I'm here probably. I love – he opened me up to a whole different world, a whole different world of uh, you know exploration and just ideas that never take a side. I always just take a look, and uh, I've been a huge fan of him ever since. Anyway, the bad news is, oh, Jimmy Shirts, yeah, he's joining in. 
Uh, Mayhem RV saying he listens to old Art Bell programs on the TuneIn app. Me too, brother. Me too. I definitely mm-hmm. do that. So, um, anyway, Art Bell, uh, you know, he retired from Coast to Coast many years ago now and then came back and did, you know, some shows here and there. And then later on, he decided to start his own show on, uh, let's see, what's it called? Gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Dark Matter. Well, let me go ahead and pull that up there. Dark Matter with Art Bell, which sadly only ran for a little while. I had a, uh, I didn't have Sirius or XM radio, but I was so excited when he came back, and it was on my list of things to do to get it. And he didn't make it six months. There was some kind of an issue between the company. You remember this whole? Yeah, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember there was an issue between him and yeah, it's kind of the same way it happened with Howard Stern. Yeah, so they yanked him and they replaced him with Coast to Coast, which is still a great show. I'm not going to say bad things about it at all. Uh, so Dark Matter went away. Art had to take an entire, I think it was a whole year off of radio and he really wanted to be on the air at that point because he had signed a non-disclosure or non-compete clause which is something that's fairly normal in radio and tv but uh, it just sucked so he left and then he came back later on with the show midnight in the desert which i did uh subscribe to online it was a great show it was available initially it was just supposed to be available as a, a podcast or a radio broadcast over the internet but it came back and ended up being picked up by quite a few terrestrial stations. A lot of AM stations heard the name Art Bell and knew it was a winner. So he did come back. Unfortunately, again, it only lasted, I think, maybe six or eight months. And uh, and he departed. And unfortunately, as we all know, Art's no longer with us. He's passed on. Uh, however, the show lived on for a long time with this young lady here. And that's Heather Miller. Uh, or Heather Wade, I'm sorry. Heather Wade uh, was on Midnight in the Desert. And again, I stayed subscribed with her. When Art died, and I don't know how many of you are Art Bell fans, but when Art passed away, Heather had a bit of a, a mental breakdown, it appears, and left the show for a while. Uh, I think she came back and maybe did one or two more shows, but they, people who you know were paying the bills, they had to leave. I mean, they had, they had to move on. They had to make money, and Heather was not a reliable source. So they went ahead and fired her. And uh, That would be a tough thing to do, especially behind Art Bell to take over his show. I'm sure he was a mentor to her or something. Yeah, it was really sad because, yeah, that was kind of, you know, lover or hater. And I know a lot of people out there had mixed feelings about Heather, but uh, I listened to her show for, you know, what, three years. But uh, Jason Kane saying, Art was the man, but now it's my turn. I don't know, man. This show's not going as quickly as as the last show. I guess maybe not having as many people chiming in is slowing things down. But anyway, uh, Heather's a great gal. So she, she bailed. I mean, they had to let go of her. So they got rid of. Heather, and then she moved on to herself. She she started another little show of her own called um, The Kingdom of Nye. And those of you who are familiar with Art Bell know from The Kingdom of Nye, right? So uh, she grabbed her own show, and she was on that Parnup station that Art Bell owned personally at 96.5 or something like that. I can't remember what station ID it was, but she was on that. But again, the poor lady apparently has some mental issues, so she's not... Uh, She's not able to stick with it. So it looks like, and again, I was getting ready to subscribe because I, I, I missed her. I enjoyed the show just like I enjoy all shows like this. But uh, she's she's no more, man. So she's gone. Um, I think they're just going to go back to music at that time slot. So your thoughts I on that? Play old shows. That's what they should do. I mean, it was Art Bell. It's very hard to come behind him. In my opinion, when he went, that, that should have gone with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I've got some real, it's real hard feelings, man. It's just tough. I love Coast to Coast. I love Art Bell. I love all the work he's done. And I just love the whole genre. I think, 
you know, you could sit down and listen to an AM station that's got Rush Limbaugh on it or uh, Sean Hannity or any of these talking heads that talk politics, and you'll find your blood pressure slowly start to boil. And once it reaches a full boil, it tends to stay there week after week, year after year. The beauty of Art Bell, the beauty of Coast to Coast, the beauty of all those shows, and, and hopefully what you all will come to find here if we... Uh, if we continue to make it, <laughs> and I hope we will, is that uh, we're just talking about stuff, man. And, you know, and, and some nights you may not find that much interest in it, but other nights you might be glued to the radio or to YouTube, as it were. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's my feelings on that. You you have any more thoughts you'd like to share on that? No, we're pretty well covered, though. Right on, right on. Well, let's see here. Time to move on to some a little bit scarier news. Uh, Michael Sean's chiming in. Still catches Coast to Coast some nights, dude. Coast to Coast, like I'm, I'm too old. I don't stay up that late anymore. But if I'm ever on long drives and stuff like that, and Coast to Coast is on, I know a lot of people are are uh, kind of bagging on Coast to Coast and say that George N- uh, Nori and and all that crew there, they just kind of. Uh, well, I've heard one guy say it's turned into nothing but an infomercial, and I don't know, guys. I gotta say, I well, still I, find a lot of cool information on there. I found it when I was. Uh, a couple years ago, I was did a lot of overnight jobs, so I had it. I listened to it every night, <clears throat> and what I found is I almost felt like George Norris was getting lazy because he had a guest host every other time, and it was it was actually a little disappointing, in my opinion. I think George Norris. George Norris. Yeah, I think the problem is he's just getting old. I mean, it's yeah, like, and that could be it too. Honestly, I know he dyes his hair and he looks, you know, pretty much the way he did. 20 years ago. Well, I dye my hair. What do you say? What? Oh, jeez. Maybe I need to start. <laughs> Hello, Eric. You only look 50 instead of 150. Good job. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that might have something to do with it. But, you know, George Knapp and, and, uh, is not bad. And who is, uh, who is it? Jimmy Church? I don't know that I've heard him. But I I like some of the guests, though. Some of them are a little flat. But I still like the people they bring on. They get some of the top uh, top folks to come on the show. Obviously, it's the premiere show. So. And the one, and what I brought it up with the Mars, because one night he had um, some guy on by Andrew Biasario, and I'm sure people out there know this guy's name because he was huge. He's tried to run for president, but he was the one who was talking about um, going to Mars, and he was part of the time travel project, and so was Barack Obama, and he had this whole. I swear to God, if he was lying, he sat there and lied to himself in the mirror to make himself believe it. Yeah, I went home. I thought my wife was going to divorce me because she thought I had gone nuts telling her this story. <laughs> but uh, anytime I think about Mars, I can't help but think about that. When you talk about, are we already there? Are we not? It's just it just makes it very interesting. Uh, it's good to expand the mind. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we got Frogman chiming in. Sorry, he's late. Trying to get used to the new format. Sorry, Frogman. It's uh, you know it's still working out the kinks, but we're here, and I'm glad to have you on there. If you all want to. Drop comments, or again, if somebody wants to get brave and try to give us a call and join the conversation live via Skype, it's live at the Midnight Cafe. You can see it right there in the little corner there, and uh, by all means, join the conversation. But back to what you were saying, and I recall when you were working those overnights, because every once in a while, you'd give me a call <laughs> and say, man, did you listen to the show last night? <laughs> I love it. Oh, we got some finally showing up here. Let's see here. Uh... Jamaica Dog says he dyed his hair at Easter, but it looked weird purple. <laughs> purple. Man, where I live up here in the mountains, there's plenty of folks that like the green and the purple. And, and this is what's weird. You see these young girls with gray hair, dyeing your hair gray, telling them, like, man, don't rush the experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. Uh, Psycho for you wants to know what's tonight's subject. Well, we're just talking random stuff right now. We're covered a few uh, stuff. We talked about Mars and, and the moon, uh, the Chinese moon lander. But the big thing for tonight is the Mandela effect. And we'll get to that. But we're just we're just kind of rolling along here talking about some coast-to-coast uh, -coast stuff. We were talking about Art Bell and, and uh, how Heather Wade appears to have left the industry uh, once and for all. So, so uh yeah, that's what you we're talking about. Said, not his hair, his rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> got me there, brother. You got me there. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Jordan B says he wishes he had his hair. Yeah, you know, we talked about this, uh, I think, last show where half of, the, uh, half of the world's bald, half the world's super hairy. And if you're Jason, you get to be bald and hairy. And I mean,. <laughs> We're out there. Time. That's, I mean, that's that's impressive. You got to be impressed. One, you know, one would think a tube of super glue and a pair of scissors could help both ends, but it doesn't really look natural. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. It. <laughs> Who's gonna be brave enough to call? I want to get my first call of the night, man. We got, we have figured out how to do three-way calls. One of you guys got to be brave. Let's join in on the fun. If you, <laughs> y'all were dogging us last week because we couldn't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. Uh, back to coast to coast for one more minute here, and uh, I just want to say that uh, again, uh, it's sad to have lost kind of the the protege, arts protege there, and losing Heather Miller at nighttime radio. But there's still a lot. You know, Richard Hoagland has his own show on the internet now as well. I've not listened to it, but one of my one of my subscribers told me about it a while back, so that's something I need to check out. But what I like to do uh, these days, because I have such a long commute when I work, is that uh, I'll, I'll download a bunch of episodes, sometimes old coast-to-coast, -coast, sometimes new stuff, put it on a little uh, USB stick, and I'll listen to that on my ride back and forth. So it takes about two days to cover a three-hour show, so that's that's about perfect. It's actually kind of nice. So go for you, chime in, he loves coast-to-coast. -coast. Yeah, man, if you love coast-to-coast, -coast, then hopefully someday you'll grow to love this show. This show is uh, kind of our homage to him, obviously. I mean, we, we talk about all, a lot of different stuff, maybe not so much the the paranormal all the time, but, uh, it's certainly where our heart is. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So now I guess it's time to go on to some, uh, some more depressing news. And, uh, this was in the news last Saturday. I chose not to cover it then cause it was kind of breaking. Well, not breaking. It's been happening, but it's been accelerating and that is uh, a pole shift. So I don't know if you're been keeping up with the news on this one, but the magnetic pole is moving at a more rapid pace than it has in the last several hundred years. Now, whether this is normal or not is hard to determine because we've only been keeping track of this thing for a couple hundred years. But it is uh, slightly troubling because of some of the possibilities that you could have as fallout from a pole shift. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that tonight. First of all, I want to bring up a chart here. And there's our movement chart, as you can see. Looks like they started keeping track of it in about 1590. And here we are in, well, that, that chart only goes to 2010, but uh, it's moved so fast that they've had to kind of redo the chart here in the last few years. It's moving quite a bit. So. And, and like you said, this could be, it could be a normal cycle over the course of millions of years. Yep. It could be. And so we don't know. Uh, we could be that we've been sitting on that flat line for the last 10,000 years and we're about to experience something unpredictably bad. Or it could be, yeah. Or it could be that this is something that happens on maybe a, a 500 or a thousand, you know, thousand year cycle where we're getting ready to go through that big loop of the cycle. There are evidence, of course. We've you know done deep drilling in the Arctic or in the Antarctic, and when you get down there, there's uh, fossilized uh, tropical plants. So there you go. At some point, the Antarctic was a tropical place. Now, does that mean that it was 
sitting in the tropics or we don't know what happened. Did the earth tilt? Did the earth move? Or did the poles shift and cause uh, massive climate change? We don't know. But it's something, definitely something worth talking about, something worth noting. And I find it interesting that uh, that mainstream news is choosing to cover this story. So, um, well, yeah, so uh, Psycho for You saying aren't pole shift. Uh, they are and they aren't. So obviously we know that they have happened, but we don't know how often they have happened. So they do happen. The two prevailing theories are, one, that this moves real slow all the way around the globe, right? So in the course of, say, 100,000 or maybe a million years, the pole will move you know, to the equator, and then we slowly have these changes where it won't affect things very much. But the other theory is that uh, we have these long periods of nothing, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, maybe uh, a change in the magnetic field of the sun, maybe something an external force on the solar system that we have yet uh, to even discover, but something snaps and cracks and pops and we just flip. And uh, if any of you and Jason, I know we were talking about before the show went live, the movie 2012. <clears throat> Not uh, somewhere we want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, uh, that is obviously a worst case scenario. And that would be, I'll go ahead and pull up a picture of that theory. That is uh crustial displacement so See, i wonder if we're taking that into consideration because what next we're going to talk about you know you're talking about the magnetic forces preventing meteors or maybe attracting meteors if it switches or the the super volcano under yellowstone i mean that could all i wonder if it all ties in i wonder if they're considering those factors exactly that's kind of what i'm thinking myself is that what we're looking at and as we move towards our our main topic tonight the mandela effect what we're looking at here is related more to some of the other articles that we were talking about, which is meteor impacts in the in the world. So we have magnetic fields that surround the Earth. And uh, let me go ahead. I'll pull one up here. Um, oh, gosh. I might have. There we go. So we have our pole, right? We have our magnetic pole and we have our geographical pole. The geographical pole is where the Earth spins around on that axis. Our magnetic pole moves slightly from side to side. But that those little waves, and that's a pretty poor picture that's you know that's like a just a goofy picture of it but let me see if i can find uh hold on one second so are you trying to show the way it's yeah i guess i didn't pull up that there's so in outer space there we have uh, solar winds and radioactivity and obviously all the bad things coming off of the sun and all the bad things coming off of you know, out of the galaxy, just radiation waves and all that. And our magnetic field protects us from a lot of that. And if you look at the way the solar winds and the gamma rays and all the rays and stuff come from the sun, that magnetic field protects us. And, and the majority, say 99%, maybe even higher than that, blow right past the Earth because we're protected by that field. So what, what the worry here is, is that if we're experiencing some kind of giant uh, magnetic pole shift, or if it were to suddenly flop, halfway over and hit the equator, the North Pole became the equator, perhaps during that cycle, and it could take a week, a month, a year, or a decade, during that time, our Earth would then become extremely vulnerable to all the damage that uh, all the other planets in our solar system uh, experience. You know, look at the moon and all the impact craters on it. Look at the, uh, you know, look at all the other planets where the, the atmosphere has been completely wiped off because of those forces from uh, deep space. So that magnetic field kind of protects our atmosphere, kind of protects our planet. And even if we're looking at a decade, uh, hell, even if we're looking at a week where the magnetic field completely deteriorates as it re readjusts and rebuilds, a week 
without any protection could burn, you know, think about just skin damage. Just think about UV radiation. Just think about plant life damage. Just think about all the things that we are protected from that we would no longer be protected from. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on, something to be interested in. Again, this could take place over the course of 100,000 years and it'll, it, it won't bother us at all, but it also could yeah, happen. See it. Yeah. Could happen overnight. So we got to, we got to wonder. Yeah. Michael, Michael Sean asking about waning fields. Yeah, so the magnetic field of the Earth is actually uh, diminishing. It's not as strong as it was, and and there's also a lot of theories on that. So the wonderful thing about this, and <laughs> I say I say that I don't like to bring up politics, but I'm about to just kind of jokingly here. It's the only reason that uh, that that no one cares about this as much as they care about global warming is that uh, they haven't figured out a way to make money on the magnetic fields or the solar cycle of the Earth. You know, so. That's my theory on that anyway, is that, you know, as soon as somebody figures out a way to say, we got to protect the magnetic field of the earth and we got to, we've got to kickstart the sun. It's, you know, the, <laughs> the solar cycles, it's not, it's not ramping up enough, you know, as soon as somebody I'm figures out. in a room right now trying to figure it out. Oh, you can bet it, buddy. You can bet it. So <laughs> you can definitely bet on that. So, uh, yeah, when they figure that out, then we'll all be worried. It'll be plastered all over the news and. You know, the Democrats and Republicans mm-hmm. and everybody in between will be arguing over how best to nuke the sun or, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. We're just going to have to just collect all the magnets on Earth and put them at the North and the South Pole and just to keep it in place. Who knows what that Anyway, yeah. that's it. So that brings us, uh, unfortunately, onto another kind of sad source here. Let me go back and turn that off. And that is, uh, uh, let's talk about some of the actions and reactions. If we do not have a magnetic field that's strong enough, well, we're more likely to take one of these and uh, and have a big old problem like that. So uh, that would be a giant meteorite. It's like go for you saying this. No. Well, you know what? Maybe the Russians are stealing all that magnetic energy. They figured out some way to use it. And, you know, we're going to talk about this later on tonight, but it's the CERN. The CERN is an anti-magnet, and it's sucking all the magnetic field out of the Earth. So there you go. Anyway, uh, there was an article that I read uh, this week, and this is why I bring up this meteor stuff, and it kind of ties into that magnetic field. The scientists have determined that it looks like over the last 300 million years or so, the amount of meteor impacts, or the amount of large meteor impacts that have actually made it through and hit us have uh, increased threefold, which is not a small amount, uh, especially since, you know, it only takes one biggin to wipe us all off the (laughs) face of the earth, right? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's real. So they don't know why. Again, research, research. And as soon as they figure out they can politicize it, we'll all know about it. But for right now, they can only tell us that, yes, it is true. And we talked a little bit last week about the uh, the large, uh, well, I mean, relatively small in scale of things, but relatively large in damage meteor that hit the Russian uh, uh, country. I don't remember where it hit in Russia. It was up near Serbia. Uh, Serbia. No, we're not Serbia. I mean, Siberia. But uh, yeah, I think it was in the 15 megaton range, and that's a relatively small rock, maybe less than 100 meters across. So we're looking at one the size of the one in this picture here. That would obviously put us back into an ice age, probably kill everyone within 100 or 200 miles of any coast on the planet. So it won't um, take much to do damage from those things. No, you know, and it used to be when I was a kid and didn't really understand physics or didn't understand the, the complexity of the situation. I thought, well, you know, if we get nailed by a big one and it hits the water, we'll all be okay. But uh, if it hits land, we're all doomed. Turns out we're doomed either way, because if it hits the water, it vaporizes enough water 
first it boils off the water and, uh, you know, cloud cover. We're living in the clouds for the couple decades at least, pushes us into an ice age, which is probably how the Younger Dryas event got started, melted the ice cap and it hit the water and, and that was that. But uh, the flood theory, or not flood theory, but the, the legend of floods that are permeate just about every culture, you know, Noah's Ark, the Indians have one, uh, our Indians, American Indians have one as well. Uh, Chinese have it in their culture. That was probably, again, uh, a large flood caused by sudden warming from an impact of a large meteor. Air code 503 says he doesn't want to die. My friend, <laughs> let me be the one to break the bad news to you. <laughs> You're not getting out of this life alive. Yeah, sure. the one thing we all share, brother. We're all checking out of here. No one gets out of here alive, man. So Sorry about that. Appreciate that, Big Jim. Thank you, man. <laughs> hey, Big Jim. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Seriously. Looks like we picked up a few people, man. Good. I'm glad to see up oh, in the yeah, 20s did, now. Yeah. yeah, so that's nice. All right, so let me get rid of that one. I'll show you some evidence of some right, well, previous for the, hits. For the new people coming in, sorry to cut you off, Eric. Go ahead. Um, we figured out the three-way call. So if you're brave enough to give a call, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, it's live pulling the Midnight Cafe through Skype. So reach on out. Let us know what you think and whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. So I can't believe we're 40 minutes in and no one's had the you-know-whats to call. But it's it's okay, I promise you, we won't He's bite. He's y'all, in case y'all didn't know that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Come at me, bro! <laughs> Citizen Press, I know where you got that shirt. Shh, don't say anything, bro, Weaver. That's a secret. If we say that name, we not only get demonetized, we get delisted, de-thised, and de-that, de-platformed. Someday, I'm going to go on an epic Mad Dog rant, and Jason will tell you all about my rants. <laughs> all about censorship, my friend. Don't get me... Don't get me fired up on our second show. <laughs> Butch 24XR152. Oh my gosh, we got a call, my friend. Hang on a second. Uh -oh. I'm going to hang it up. Hello, Bill. How you doing? Hey, Eric. How's it going? Good, good. Give me one second. I'm going to figure out how to add Mr. Jason back in here. All right. Well, let's see here. How do I do this? <laughs> it's, uh... There we go. Oh. Yep, there we are. Wait. Are you there? Oh, no, I lost him again. Hold on, let me see. Bill, hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to do that. Add to call, maybe? Yes. 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 New, new group call, or, or add to call, yeah. Let's try that. Oh, I think it's calling his other line. Dang it. Let's see here. <laughs> Jason. Uh, yes. Bill, you still there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Hey, Jason here. It's a miracle. Our first yeah. official caller. We, we got it working. We didn't say we got it working well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was the second caller on the first show. So now I'm the second and third caller. This is awesome, man. This is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being brave and joining the show. We've got some uh, people coming in here saying uh, hello, Eric and all. Psycho for you saying we have a place like that in Central Oregon. It's called The Hole in the Ground. Post the phone number, Mayhem RV. The phone number is live, colon, the Midnight Cafe. It should show up on the side of your screen there. Somebody's saying F censorship. I agree with that 1 million percent. And how you doing tonight, man? What would you like to talk about, my friend? No, no not much. I'm still slaving away in the kitchen on that jambalaya, so I can't chat too long, but I just wanted to say hi. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, that. yeah. And, and the, uh, what's interesting is that people that use CBs seem to have a lot of other things in common, like UFOs, cigars, and it's mechanical true. things. It <laughs> is, man. I, I never put that together until I started watching your 
videos and shows. And, That's really yeah. interesting, man. But you know, you're right. There's a lot of other channels out there that talk yeah. radios, and they'll they'll be like, you know, little homesteading channels and. You know, you're right. I never really thought about that, but that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So what's your take on these meteors? You think, you think we're dodging bullets or you think we got 20, 30, 40,000 years before we get another whopper? Well, I mean, we have historical records of having catastrophes due to uh, meteor strikes. So, and and we still see them come by. They still hit the planet. Happens a lot in Russia. seems like, but. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure that we'll we're going to be extinct at some point. I mean, either we're going to do it ourselves, you know, through war, or we're going to get hit by a meteor or something. What do you think? Do you think? Uh, are you familiar with the Younger Dryas event? Which one? The it's called the Younger Dryas event. Uh, Bright Insight talks about it. So it's it's a meteor that it, well. The best theory at this point is that humanity had a false start. Like, we we kind of became somewhat sophisticated. We, we were working our way towards what we are today. And then we were knocked off our feet for a good 5,000 years, give or take, by a meteor impact. That's the best one. They seem to have found a crater somewhere in Iceland underneath the ice sheet. And their theory is that it a meteor of, you know, relatively small but big enough size nailed the ice sheet and uh, vaporized it, putting us back into an ice age, and it really knocked humanity where where it existed at the time off of its feet. I'm just wondering if that is something that's far more normal and far more cyclical than, than we really, really give it credit for. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we've been going strong for you know thousands of years now, so it's we're due for one. Like, like I unfortunately live in California, and we're due for another massive earthquake. Yeah, the big you one. Know, we, no. just, we just had the, uh, I think it was 20-year or 25-year anniversary of the Northridge quake. Yeah. Now my and sister that, that was out there when that happened. That was, that was a doozy. The bridge collapsed yeah, and everything I was, else. I was, I was in Alaska on Kodiak Island when it happened, and we had a tsunami alert. We all had to climb to higher ground. That's insane. Yeah. I've got family yeah. in Alaska right now, and they, they just went through a fairly decent quake themselves not more than a few months back there that damaged their house and these things do happen don't they yeah yeah i mean we're we're due for something but uh but i mean you just can't just worry about it no no (laughs) i don't live my life worrying that this is the day that the meteor is gonna smash me flat but i do i do find it interesting i love the you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's a good mystery. Our history, yeah. at least ancient history, is a good mystery. And uh, I, I spend probably far too much time reading and, and watching other people's videos on some of these subjects. And it just fascinates me. And then maybe that's what drew me to Coast to Coast in the first place. But, yeah, you know, there's more going on than we'll ever understand. And I think it's part of our job here on the planet to to try and understand, don't you? Yeah, and fortunately, we have some of the world's best uh, pipe drillers and oil fields, so we can just shut them up there to one of those asteroids and have them drill in and nuke it. <laughs> we got Bruce Willis. No one else has Bruce Willis. We, we talked about that. <laughs> and Bruce Willis and his team up there. <laughs> hey, better hurry. Bruce is getting on in age, man. We got to you know, we yeah. better hurry up and find that thing. I saw him in a movie not too long ago, and I thought, if he's going to make another Die Hard, he better hustle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my God. In his 70s, making Rambo 6 or 5 or something yeah. like that, man. That's just... No, don't get me wrong. I love Rambo, so I'm looking forward to it. But oh, yeah. 70 years old, yeah. man. 
Do you tell me there's any part of that dude that's still natural? I'll, I'll, the washing was tough, man. Yeah. The washing was tough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're due for some sort of catastrophic, catastrophic event, um, whether it be a meteor, um, the West Coast giant earthquake. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a waiting game for something like that to happen. I mean, space is so huge and so vast. I mean, just think about it. Just, you, you can't even wrap your, your thoughts around how big it is. No. And so much debris flying out there, you know. Oh, we have to it's miss really this one. Reminder to... I mean, oh, sorry, it's... Go yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, if you just think about it, that puts it in perspective. Like, we're all... Everyone's worried about the politics and think we have this world and this is our earth, but we are not in control at all. Like we have nothing. We are slave to this and people who don't realize that it's just going to be a big shot. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, what's your science. opinion? You think, which one do you think will get us? I'm thinking, I think we wipe ourselves out before something else has a chance to, but if we make it to the end of the 21st century, we'll probably get wiped out by something external. That's my theory. What's yours? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we'll wipe ourselves out uh, as well. Uh, you know, we have some pretty good, uh, you know, scientists out there tracking the, the heavens. And, you know, they pretty much know where everything is in our general area. And, you know, I'm sure there is something that's slowly heading our way. You know, but it, it could be, you know, it's not in the next... 20, 50, 100 years, I would say. I know this. If I all of a sudden see a whole lot of countries putting a whole lot of effort in putting themselves off planet, I'll get worried right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 they're doing that now. I'm yeah. trying to put a colony on Mars. Yeah. A sudden space race from out of nowhere, and I'm going to go, okay, when, yeah. when do they hope to have that built by? I guess that's probably the last day I'll be alive. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably hunker underground or something, given those... Uh, uh, what, are those, what do you call those uh, nuclear shelters they yeah. had back in the 50s? The old fallout shelter? Fallout shelter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fallout shelter, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Heck yeah, I love it. Well, I'm just going to pull up another picture of another crater here so we can get an idea how often these things apparently hit. I mean, if, you know, these are these are kind of national sites here, but uh, we, I don't know how old these are. I didn't do the research on these, but there's some doozies. I can imagine when that baby hit, it left a mark uh, worldwide probably. Well, that's another well, one. Well, I got to run and get back to my jambalaya so it doesn't burn. But uh, I'm kind of going in between kitchen and my office watching your show. So well, hey, I man. like to go yeah. so that someone else can call in. And... I want to thank you very, very much for being uh, calling the show tonight and calling before. Man, it's it's nice to have people call in and join the conversation. It really makes the show a lot more absolutely. fun for the two of us. And I and, uh, hope you'll call us again. And thanks for listening, my friend. Yeah, yes, Thank you very much. Okay. T- take care. Bye-bye. Well, yeah, let's see. We got a whole bunch of uh, uh, messages here while we were talking. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff yeah, going do. on here. So, uh, Air Code 503 saying, I hate cigars but enjoy cigarettes and my AM transceiver. Speaking of cigarettes, uh, I usually do my cheap cigar reviews. You all know that. But I, I'm going to make an exception. I have not had a cigarette in, uh, God, 21 years now. I'm going to have I'm one. That's enough for both of us. Yeah, right, dude. I'm going to make one because I got a pack. Of Bucks, if anyone remembers what Bucks cigarettes were back in uh, 1991, give or take. Pack of Bucks, man. So uh, I got an unopened sealed pack of Bucks, and I will do an uh, un- an opening uh, video, and uh, I'll take a drag or two. But that's all I'm taking because 
I think if I had one, I'd have a hundred, right? <laughs> That's how it happens. Yes, sir. Jamaica Dog saying error code. Have you ever tried Cuba Cuba cigars? I can eat them, but they're great. <laughs> oh, my God. I will vouch, <laughs> not for the eating part, but the Cuba Cuba is an excellent cigar. I did, in fact, have one today. The second one that I had, thanks to Jamaica Dog. So, again, shout out to you, my friend. Michael Sean, nothing new in the sun to quote a wise old man. Oh, there's always new stuff in the sun. Stuff we just don't understand. Bro Weaver was asking about crop circles. Are they real? Do a show, please. I would love to. In fact, I will uh, mark that down. Jason, if you want to make a note of that, I'll try to remember that yep, myself. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely do that crop circles. Very interesting stuff there. Some of it obviously uh, blatantly fake. Some of it pretty hard to fake. Pretty pretty weird stuff. So, uh, Psycho for you said that's a good possibility. Look at the purported you know, stuff found in the Antarctica. Totally, yeah. Pole shifts, uh, tropical climate change. You know, we're I feel like we're still coming out of the Ice Age, per, per, uh, personally, and I feel like that the Earth lives mostly uh, throughout history, or at least the last million or two million years worth of history, in a almost perpetual state of an Ice Age where uh, the equatorial areas are about the only areas that uh, life like us can exist. That's my theory. Uh, let's see, look at the craters on the moon. Yeah, Bro Weaver's pointing out the craters on the moon. You look at those and you think to yourself... Again, if the magnetic field were to collapse even for a week or so, we would uh, we'd be taking some serious impacts, and and that's uh, and that's why our planet doesn't take the beating that it takes. So if we lose it, we're we're definitely in for a rough ride there for a little while. Uh, I can't help but wonder if it switches, if it wouldn't attract them. And, and it might, yeah. All the metals and everything. Yeah, we just don't know. It's I can tell you, you look at that picture that's on the screen right now in that big hole. I mean, you know, were we going through some kind of a magnetic reversal or were we going through some kind of a field collapse when something that large snuck through and nailed us? So entirely possible, entirely possible. Psycho for Use pointing out we will be the cause of our destruction. I, again, I tend to agree. In general, I would say we'll wipe ourselves out within the next hundred years. It's almost inevitable. There's just, there's just no way around it. If we don't wipe ourselves out completely, we'll at least knock ourselves back to a, uh, well, it's a, a long time ago state, pre, pre-electrical pre state, probably. Uh, Air Code 503 saying, I have heard the scientists conclude that all the gold on Earth came from meteorites. An interesting possibility. I had not heard that myself. I not um, heard that either, but it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Huh. Stephen Dyer saying he's late to the party. Hey, Eric. Hey, Stephen. Good to have you joining the show. Appreciate you coming by. We're talking all kinds of weird stuff tonight. We haven't even gotten to the, the main topic, but... Uh, we're almost an hour in right now. Um, Air code 503, bucks and basic cigarettes got me working through the coal mine. So you actually, I can't believe I have somebody on my show right now that even knows what bucks are. And if the pack wasn't out in the uh, garage right now, I'd show a picture of it. But it is mint. I, I, I bought it on eBay, got it offline there, and had it mailed to me. It's a soft pack. It, it's, I mean, the damn thing has been in the drawer for the last 30 years because it is perfect. It's almost a crime to open it, but I cannot help myself. I have to try it. I do remember Bucks. You'd, you'd like these cigarettes. You'd maybe get two or three drags out of them, and they were gone. It was like they were made out of gunpowder or something. They burned so fast. So, a very interesting cigarette for sure. <laughs> it's called cheap, Eric. Yeah, I mean, there is cheap, and then there is like that was some special cheap right there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I got uh, a couple more pictures I want to show, and then we're going to take a look. Psycho Foo. What's that? Now, she said. And she said she hit the like button, but right after that, before that, she said she wondered if the magnetic fields could be created on the moon. I'm sure at some point they 
could be or could be there. I mean, I don't know. You know, the moon is, we could probably spend a year just covering stuff on the moon. There's all kinds of weird theories on the moon. There's, um, we don't know anything about it. I mean, we've been there three times. Yeah. I think they stayed for just a few hours too, for all that effort, just to stick around for a few hours. But, you know, I think the Apollo uh, lander, when it landed, they said that the moon rang like a bell, which makes you wonder if the dang thing isn't hollow, or at least partially Mm -hmm. hollow. Might have a subsurface to it, caves or whatever. And perhaps if that were the case, if it had a subterranean uh, access to it that we could get in there, that would probably be a whole lot easier to uh, build into a, a habitable place if there was natural underground caves there that we could get into. But, yeah, the moon is super cool, man. I don't know. So uh, let's see here. I think we're going to talk. You know what? I'll tell you what. We've gone a full hour. I could kind of use a break. I don't know about you, Rock and Woody, but why don't we hit a song and then we'll get back and we'll talk just real briefly about Yellowstone again and then we'll go on to the Mandela effect. And I hope uh, we got about 21 people on here. I hope you'll stick around. It's just a about a two and a half minute break we're going to play here. Let me go ahead and get that wound up. And, um, and if you would... Stick around, because Yellowstone, the supervolcano, and the topic of the night, the Mandela Effect, is coming up next here on 1670 and the Midnight Cafe. Once again, a reminder, if you want to rebroadcast this show, you are welcome to do so. If you want to broadcast it on pirate or regular radio, you are welcome to do so. No charge. Just be kind and refer them back to our show and the channel. Okay? That's all we ask. That's it. Let's go to some music, my friend. I'll be back in about two and a half minutes.
All right. Well, we're back. <laughs> Where did that music come from? You know, man, that was a, uh, a free song that's available for download off of YouTube. It's called Chubbs. I don't know who wrote it, though, but I kind of dug it. I went out and found a few songs <clears throat> that we could use as bumper music, and Chubbs was one of them. Might play that uh, Marky Shaw song again. I loved that Whisperer song from last week. Do you like that one? Yeah, that was a good tune. I wouldn't mind hearing that again at all. All right. Maybe okay. close out with it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. We'll make it our, our signing off, man. So anyway, uh, on to Yellowstone. Here we go. Boom. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, David G. Hey, David, are you the one that was going to broadcast us on 1600? Because I'm still trying to get in touch with that fella. I want to know what his call signs were so we can uh, go ahead and give a shout-out to him. Um Let's see here. Well, Mayhem RV saying, well, I'm one of the few that doesn't use Skype. Mayhem, I never used Skype before I started this show. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just... I downloaded it the day of the first broadcast. Yeah. So it was just something we had to do in order to make this work. I tried using Google Hangouts. Uh, I'm not that smart. So uh, this this worked, and I can't believe it, but it actually does seem to be working fairly well. So that's that's why we ended up with it. Um David G, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Air Code 503 is asking, I'm confused about the Mandel effect. What is it exactly? We will get into it in just about 10 minutes, but it's it's pretty cool, man. You're gonna, I think you're going to dig this, man. So Anyway, Yellowstone, the picture I have up here, Jason, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, the picture we have up here is actually how much lava is sitting under the West Coast. Look at that, man. That's a ton. I mean, that's just insane. So, you know, you see where Yellowstone is, where the dot is. That's where, if it's going to blow, that's the segment that will blow. I don't know why that plane's there. I guess it's just a NASA plane. This is a picture pulled <laughs> off the web. But anyway, that is where the explosion is. But you're looking at enough lava or magma or whatever you want. It's sitting underneath about every state out there. you got Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. I mean, it just keeps going. Colorado, New Mexico. I mean, even parts of Texas. Copper country. Yeah. Uh, so that's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of lava, man. If that decides to go, that's deciding to go. I'm kind of curious, and again, I don't, I'm not a scientist, but I do wonder if that thing pops. How much uh, landmass is it going to take with it? Like, is it just going to go straight up and rip half of those states apart, or is it just going to be a small that's hole? Just what I was thinking, because I mean, it could be just as devastating if it opened several cracks and slowly oozed versus one big explosion. Yeah, yeah, and. I, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it, I guess. But apparently Yellowstone is where the pressure is building. But you look at that area, you could end up with a rather large or multiple volcanoes just about anywhere on that whole side of the, the country. It's pretty weird. Mm -hmm. uh, David G's asking if anyone is uh, chiming in from New Hampshire. I don't know that I've gotten any calls from New Hampshire tonight or anybody stopping in, but I guarantee you on the replay it will. Uh, we've had about 1,000 views on those, so... Go ahead and pull this one up. This is kind of a view of where, what part of the country would be, uh, if not the people being dead, but plant life being dead after a massive eruption. So, uh, again, the bread basket is pretty much done for. Look at that. That's that's all, yeah, all plant matter gone. Uh, the ash would kill all of that. So, the reason I talked about it last last week, and the reason I'm bringing it up again is. Another indication. So let's say the super volcano is not planning on popping off for another billion years or whatever, you know, 600,000 years. And uh, uh, what what would happen if a meteorite hit that? Might set that, that be, off. It would be both. I mean, yeah. that, 
So they say the perfect storm, that would be the perfect collision, I guess. Well, you think about it, you know, and, and this is something that we, my wife and I have talked about this, but I'm going to totally switch subjects here just for a second. You know, Fukushima, right? You know about that, the, the radioactive mm-hmm. meltdown that's going on over there, those poor people in Japan. So the people that designed Fukushima, <clears throat> massive undertaking to make a nuclear power plant. These people spent a lot of time and effort uh, thinking about every contingency that they could think of. And they thought to themselves, well, I know we're on the ring of fire, but there's no way that there'll ever be an earthquake that big. And <laughs> they were wrong. Remember what, I was, remember what I was saying earlier about we're not in control? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were wrong about that. So they built it to, I think, withstand an eight, and, and you know, it took about an eight and a half, and it, it, it actually held up well. I think if that had been the only problem, they probably would have been able to salvage some of it. But... Can you imagine the dude in the boardroom that said, uh, yeah, what if we have one of these like 8.5 or, you know, massive earthquakes over here and then we have this giant tsunami that floods out all our emergency backup equipment? I mean, (laughs) who thinks of that? No one's thinking of that. So like the worst case scenario, right? So what's to say? Let's talk about another hypothetical worst case scenario. What about a meteor hitting in Yellowstone and causing that sucker to go? Like what would be worse, man? You know, (laughs) Might as well just kiss I mean, yourself. I, if it was going to happen, I think I'd rather have it happen that way because it would just be quick at that point. Yeah, true. Yeah, the old double whammy. Just the one bright flash and one big old cloud, and you're just done for, man. So uh, 741's chiming in. Dave G, he's not in New Hampshire, but Connecticut. What part of uh, Connecticut are you from, 741? I was up there, man. Uh, a lot of desert and high desert. Yeah, true. Like, I mean, the Rockies and stuff. But the breadbasket, if you look up high, I mean, that's there's still a lot of growing area there. Um Mile High Scribs, I'm up at Yellowstone taking vids and pics. Mile High, awesome, dude. You, I would appreciate it if you sent us some of that stuff or even called in and yeah, gave us a yeah, give us a live talk, man. Tell us what you see on the ground there, man. I love having man-on-the-scene type video there. You know what I mean? David G says there goes that's the marijuana. worried about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. About what? About most of those states, it's legal over there, I guess. huh? Right near the Massachusetts border. Uh, man, I uh, used to eat hot dogs in New Britain. I don't know if... I don't think that was up near the border. That's probably mid-state, but man, Capital Lunch hot dogs, best hot dogs I ever had. So anyway, I'll go ahead and close that picture out. We'll go into another fallout photo there. There's the geysers there. So these are what have uh, even scientists concerned. You know, they're saying these things take forever, but a couple of these geysers, not old faithful, but uh, you know, some of these geysers that usually only go off once every 20 years or once every year, they're going off like six or seven times a month now. And that's a bad sign. It may not be. A terrible sign, but it's certainly something uh, that raises some eyebrows. And there's a lot of YouTubers that are covering this stuff um, for good reason, I think. You know. So anyway, that wraps up Yellowstone. Let's go ahead and uh, let's see here. Hard hitting New Britain. Comments coming over here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Wouldn't it be a good idea to harvest as much geothermal in that part of the country? Yes, I agree with that, Stephen K. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea. I'm not sure why they don't have it. I guess because Yellowstone's a fairly remote location. It's not exactly uh, near a major metropolitan area that it makes it more difficult if you were to build huge power plants there and ship that power off to other places that it becomes expensive even though the, the power is free, you know, so to speak. 741 saying hard hit in New Britain about 25 miles south of me, man. Dude, I don't know if it's still there, but Capital Lunch Hot Dogs. Whew. If, if they would mail those things to me, I, I mean, it's been like 30-something years. I, I, I would buy a gallon of that chili and have it I'd drown myself in it. It's so good. <laughs> we, we used to eat Frankie's. That's what it was. when I lived, I lived in Bristol for like 
two years. Swanky Franks? Where it was at for Oats. Was it Swanky, yep, Franks? Swanky Franks? Oh, my God. Oh, dude. We're gonna... They were some good hot dogs, man. The only place I've ever seen give onions and peppers on a hot dog, but it was oh, Man, we're going to have to... Uh... We're going to have to do a whole show on hot dogs, man. And now you're making me hungry. <laughs> Dang you, people. Forget the show. Never mind. We're not talking about Mandela Effect. Let's talk hot dogs. What do you think? <laughs> well, next time you go there, will they actually be that good, though? That's right, <laughs> man. Just, they had an alternate reality. Those hot dogs were horrible. In the... <laughs> Air code 503 saying, yeah, like ND and SD. That's where most of the wheat from America comes from. Potatoes and believe it or not, sugar. Oh, I did not know we really grew sugar here. Sugar crops, interesting. Uh, Michael Mile High Scrubs says, "How long are you gonna be live tonight?" We we're planning on going until uh, what was it, uh, seven and nine, right? Yeah, about nine o'clock Eastern time, so about another hour. But you know what? There's no deadline. They don't throw us off the air. I don't think. Gosh, do they? No, I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, seven forty-one saying he's never heard of either place, but I'll have to head down there and check it out. Yeah, Swanky Frank's is an institution in itself, and uh, Capital Lunch. Good stuff. Ah, tube steak. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. It is time to move on to the Mandela Effect. So, Jason, you want to tell people pretty much sum up what the idea, because we had some error code was saying he did not know what the Mandela Effect was. You want to try to sum it up before we get into some of this stuff? Yeah, I guess in simplest terms, they're basically the Mandela Effect is a large group of people remembering something one way and realizing that it's actually not that way. So it's basically, you know, we believe that the Pillsbury Doughboy, his scarf was blue. Eric asked me this question, what colors the Pillsbury Doughboy, Pillsbury Doughboy scarf? And I said blue, that's how I remember it. It's actually white. Um, there's a couple other examples, you know, movie scripts, there's certain words replaced, but I guess in essence, the way I would describe it is, group A believes that it's this way, but it's actually not. Yeah, so... They're very subtle changes. It's weird. So, you know, look, every one of us goes through a moment in time where we forget or we remember something incorrectly. That's normal. It happens to all of us, right? And and that can be explained away with we're human. We make mistakes sometimes. But, oh, I remember, uh, I remember eating those hot dogs, and they were the best hot dogs I ever had, and they're not that good. And everyone else is like, dude, those hot dogs sucked forever. It's, you know, I don't know what you were thinking. That would be an example of you just remembering something wrong. But what if you could talk about something and say, well, I remember quite distinctly that, uh, you know, we had a full moon last last year this time, and it was, you know, a blood moon, and it was a great moon, and everybody was outside looking at it. And half of the country or half of the world remembers that. And the other half says, there was no blood moon last, last October. It's, I don't know what you're talking about. That's crazy. That is the Mandela Effect, and the Mandela Effect was named after Nelson Mandela. And the reason that, I don't even, I don't even know how he got to be the one to get named, but uh, Nelson Mandela, about a third to a half of the world, remembers Nelson Mandela, including myself, uh, dying in prison back in the early 90s of AIDS. He died in prison. So that's what I remember. And here's the weird part, is I also remember that he was eventually let out of prison and became the president of South Africa, and died of old age uh, later on in life. So not too, not too many years ago, really. So I remember it. I remember the newscasts. I remember it was a big deal. I remember everything about it, except it didn't happen that way. And that's where a whole bunch of people had this same mass 
You can call it a hallucination. You can call it a false memory. You can call it a lot of things, but uh, that's where it comes from, the Mandela effect. So half or a third of the world believes that they remember they have the same memory that, that Nelson Mandela died of AIDS in prison, but he didn't. And that is pretty well what sums it up. So we have a bunch of examples of this, and I'm telling you, you're going to uh, you're going to lose your cool over some of these because you're going to swear the same way I do that some of these things are definitely not correct. So uh, and actually, the last the last example I looked at before we came on the show and it drove me crazy is the uh, the Queen song "We Are the Champions." I don't know how many people in here actually listen to Queen. Yeah. So tell them tell them what you remember it. What I remember of it, and the way most people remember of it, is the way the song ends. You know, we are the champions. The music cuts out and it goes, of the world. I can't sing. But if you go back and listen to it now, that of the world is not there. And that's exactly how I remember. I, I, I'm a diehard music fan. You can ask Eric. We, you know, I'm, music is my life. And sure enough, he played it on the, uh, the example I was looking at. And it wasn't there. The song just ended. Yeah. Well, Jason, I remember the exact same thing. We are the champions of the world. Uh, so how about you guys? There's 23, 24 of you watching right now. How, do you remember that song? Do you remember, how do you remember it? Do you remember it the way it is or the way it was? And why do you think, or what do you think could be causing and it to change? Feel free to call in and tell us as well. Yeah, the lines are open live at the Midnight Cafe. <laughs> Jason that was Kane. just alcohol, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's the alcoholic effect. <laughs> well, now. I will definitely take responsibility for the alcoholic effect. That is the uh, 15 years of my life that I don't really remember. I'm sure they were good, but I don't remember it. 741, go back and listen to it now. No, remember it. It's not there. Of the world, yeah. Yeah, of the world. No, it's not there. So guess what? You guys are just like us. You remember it, but you're living in another reality because in this reality, it doesn't say that. So that is the Mandela I got, I got one more big one for you. Okay. The uh, Star Wars. Yes, I've got a picture of that. I'll pull it up. What's the tagline? Yeah. Look, I am your father. All right. Now, if you go back and listen, according to... I'm actually trying to look up the exact wording so I don't screw it up. That's not what he says. Yeah. He says, Um, no, I am your father. Except that's not what he said. Yep. Come on now. Evidence of James Earl Jones having it written down to recite it for his script. But if you go back and watch the movie... Yeah, that's exactly what it says. So that's another one of those mind-blowing examples. So how can how can that be, guys? Tell me. I'd love to hear some phone calls on this one because I'm I'm baffled. There's a couple of ideas we're going to cover some possibilities, but is this? I mean, God, I, what? How many billions of people worldwide have watched that Star Wars movie, and how many times have you heard it referenced in pop culture? No, I am your father. No, that's it. Luke, I am your father, right? I mean, what do y'all remember? He, Jamaica dog says Hillary changed it. <laughs> you know what? There it goes. It's Russian collusion. The Russians changed all this stuff. If you look into this, there are so many theories, and it goes way beyond sanity at this point. But I'd love to hear, like Eric said, what do you guys think? The only one that has me is Interview with the Vampire. Well, I'm glad you brought that one up. There it is. Interview with a vampire or Interview with the Vampire. Which one is it, guys? I mean, isn't it? I mean, I must have watched that two or three times when I was a kid. I think I actually watched it a year or two for Halloween. It's still a great movie, although my wife can't stand Brad Pitt. And, uh, well, I think the other guy might actually be a vampire since he's like my, he's like 60 now and still hasn't aged from when he was in his 20s. But 
That's that's another show. Perhaps vampires are real here on the Midnight Cafe. <laughs> the only one that has me, I'll say, yeah, it's A, right? Interview with an, a vampire. Yeah. Wife swears I said I do. I'm still questioning that. <laughs> David G., if you're like me, you can't hardly remember your wedding because you might have been drinking a little bit. I know I was. Had a great time, though. Good time. From what everyone tells me. If your I wife was smart, she has it on video. Yeah. yeah, you can't prove it unless you got on video. All right, so there are a lot of these, man. There are a lot of these. So uh, I'd love to hear you. one of you all want to get brave and call in. We've got 26 people on the line right now. Let's, let's get a phone call in here. But here's one that got me, man, and I'm going to go to this one. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Remember that movie with Kevin Costner? Oh, Great yeah. movie. Great movie. If you build it, they will come. They will come. Right? If you build it, they will come. Tell me somebody remembers it any differently than that, and I'll slap you upside the head with a banana. No. It's not. It is if you build it, he will come. Now tell me, that doesn't even make any sense. If you build it, he will come. I don't don't know, man. I'm not buying it. I I didn't even see this example in all the research I did, but... No. Feel the dreams. If you build it, he will come. That doesn't make any sense. That's just, that doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't build it for just one guy. That makes no sense. Yeah. He's all about building for one guy. Right. (laughs) You're trying to build a baseball field. So all these baseball players start rolling out of the, out of the trees and out of the bushes and stuff. And then you want the people to come and watch. Where does he have anything to do with any of that? That's, (laughs) (sighs) who the hell is he anyway? (laughs) Yeah. I just, man, I'll tell you what. I don't know. This guy's saying here, uh, what is it, uh, Mile High Scrubs, he was the guy he was chasing? I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, in this reality, you're right. Totally. It was the one guy first. Okay, so, Michael Scrubs, apparently you're from this uh, parallel universe. So, uh, okay. Again, about half the people will remember it as they will come, and uh, the other half will remember it as he will come. So, we have one from this universe. Congratulations. I'm, I'm new here. Welcome me to your universe. I appreciate it. 741. We're both guests. Yeah. 741 says, never saw that one. It was a decent movie. I, I'm not a big sports fan, but I kind of, it's an oldie. You know, it's got James Earl Jones in it, and it's it's an oldie, man, but it's a good movie. Uh, oh, man. Air Code 503. <laughs> I was at Woodstock 94. Just, just going to throw that out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Uh, Stephen Dreyer says, Trump said if we build the wall, it would be the best wall ever. I It could be. <laughs> if you build it, he will come. Okay. I think on that instance, never mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. Oh, Eric, it was crazy, man. That was a hell of a place. I, You know, that's why, yeah, Woodstock 2 didn't get a 3 or a 4 because it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. That's about all I remember about it, actually, was that it was crazy. All right, we're going to move on. That was that one. Uh, All right, here we go. What do you guys remember with Forrest Gump? Life is like a box of chocolates. Or, Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Life is like or life was like? I I remember life is like. Yeah, life is like a box of chocolates. That's what I remember. There was a guy on the internet. This is actually the first time I heard about the Mandela Effect. This guy went out and got his old VHS tape. <laughs> his wife thought he was crazy. Put it in there. Like, rewind, fast forward, finds the spot. 
and uh, and it and it says life was like a box of chocolates, not life is like a box of chocolates. That's so Jason Pine coming in. He's he's from the other universe as well. Yeah. Jason Kane, I'm sorry I pronounced it. Jason Kane, there, yeah. <laughs> Air code 503 became a vegetarian, only lived on mushrooms. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that one, my friend, but I do recall having a hell of a time. A hell of a time. Uh, wow, yeah. Those were the days. God, can you believe how long ago that was, dude? Crazy. Anyway, life is like a box of chocolates. Life was like a box of chocolates. So here we go with another one. So these are a reality. Is it reality? Is it your reality? Is it my reality? I don't know, man, but it's definitely weird. This one, I, again, I got to wonder, guys, how many times have you seen pictures? And Jason, you can chime in on this as well. Is uh, How many times have you seen pictures of the statues on Easter Island? Jason, you there? I mean, I, you cut out a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I was, I was asking you there. How many times have you seen the pictures of the uh, big statues on Easter Island? A couple times. A couple times. Have you ever seen one with a hat? No. Right. Me either. No one has. And yet, there you go. The statues on Easter Island have hats on in this reality. Hmm. That's weird. Wow, I do not remember that. Anybody here remember that in their history books? Eric Code says he remembers it as life is like a box of chocolates. I agree. I don't think it ever was was, but it is now. So I saw that movie in the movie theater. Uh, God, what was that? 1993, probably. <laughs> Jamaica dog, man. <laughs> yeah. So well, the research. Yeah. They even quoted him in Saturday Night Live. You know, he redid the skit and all that stuff. As is life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. So even people, I mean, think about that. Even people who are in this universe are watching themselves and being like, that's not what I said. That's not what I did. Maybe, you know, I don't know. That's really weird. It's definitely a strange one. I like that. Uh, and, and there's just so many more, man. Um, this one. This one I literally would, would be willing to uh, bet money on. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighbor, right? But it's not. It's a beautiful day in your neighborhood. Now, why would Mr. Rogers yeah, be talking about somebody else's neighborhood? Yeah, I'm not buying that one either. Yeah, man. What do you, you remember it as in the neighborhood, right? I do. Yeah. I used to, I was, I watched that show as a child. I watched it a lot. I just, yeah, I grew up on this stuff. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's his neighborhood. He's hanging out in the neighborhood. He's talking about his neighborhood. Why would he be talking about your neighborhood when he's in his neighborhood? This doesn't make any sense, people. <laughs> the people who are living in this universe, in this parallel universe that came up with It's a Beautiful Day in Your Neighborhood, you're not very smart. It should have been the neighborhood. It was where I grew up. So you hear some of professional hillbillies saying the CERN caused the time paradox. And that's, that's where I want to hear from you guys as well because there are so many theories. It's ridiculous. It's either the CERN. It's time travel they're bringing it into now, or it's mind trick. Yep. Or the three big ones. But there's other, I mean, they still have, like I said, it goes beyond sanity if you actually get into it and see all these theories that everybody has for them. It is. It's not so just. a big three. It can't just be people forgetting it. It can't be, a, I, I just fail to believe that it's mass 
confusion that you you can't have that many people remembering something differently. I bet every kid that grew up at my age watched Mr. Rogers. We didn't have cable. We had PBS and we watched Mr. Rogers pretty much every day. Can't I mean, you know, yeah. it's one thing to say you saw a movie 20 years ago and you remember it differently, but if you saw this thing every day you grew up with Mr. Rogers, he was your your friend when you came home from school. I just fail to believe that all these people are remembering it wrong. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. uh, Eric Code 503 remembers the uh, Stephen Dyer saying Eddie Murphy loves Mr. Rogers. Oh man, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Yeah, Jamaica Dog chiming <laughs> in in the hood. Yeah, dude, that skit was hilarious. That was back when Saturday Night Live was actually funny before they made everything about politics. That God, yeah, that there was an episode where Mr. T broke down the door of his. <laughs> God, that was great. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, Eric code 503 saying the hipsters are trying to change history. They're trying to rewrite uh, history. Yes, that is for sure. Uh, Stephen K saying this is George Carlin stuff right here. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever it takes to get you to listen, I guess. We'll go with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're just happy there's actually people shining in here right now, you know? So, uh, yeah, this one, man, of all the ones that I looked at, this one this one got me the most. That That is definitely It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So uh, I'm not happy about that. Now yeah, I got another one here. Thinking back to your youth, uh, Looney Tunes. Which one is correct, boys and girls? Is it Looney Tunes or is it Looney Tunes? I don't know. I remember it being Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S. But you know what? I may not have paid close enough attention to it. So I'm willing to say that I might literally remember this one wrong. But what do y'all think here? I mean, that... Looney Tunes, like Tunes is in music, or Tunes is in cartoons. It would make more sense. I remember the U personally. You do remember it as Tunes, T-U-N-E-S. I remember it as the U, yes. Okay, all right. Well, Jason, it's nice to meet you. I come from a different <laughs> different parallel universe. Possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't remember. I might have drank that era of my life away, so. I'm willing to bet that's what happened. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. You got a lot of comments coming in. All right, let's see. The Jackson 6, yeah. Damn, and I remember this neighborhood. Yep. Yeah, it is this neighborhood. I, I will I will throw down on that. It definitely is. Mayhem RV saying I installed Skype on my iPad, but have no idea how to place Look a at, call. Go ahead and type that in for me. Mayhem. Yeah, and at the top there's a search feature. It doesn't look like you're actually placing the call. You actually have to search for this uh, address because I had a hard time this evening with it as well. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can fix yeah. that in a future show. So everyone here remembers Tunes instead of Tunes, T-O-N-S. So I might be the only one that remembers it as uh, Looney Tunes the with the two O's instead of the T-U-N-S. I'm sorry. I guess Eric, you're invading our turf. That's right. Like that I leave. slid into this reality, and I'm going to slide right back out of it right after the show is over, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eric code 503 says, I remember tunes because it was a branch of Merry Melody cartoons. Oh, my gosh. We have a call. Hang on there, Jason. Hello. Hey, how are you, my man? All right. Uh, give me one second to see if I can add Jason back in here. Add people to the call. There we go. All right. All right. Jason, are you there? No, okay, hold on. Here we are. All right. What's your name, sir? Oh, let me, let me see if I can turn down your mic a little bit. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I've got you. 
I heard him for a minute. Yeah, and then it got really loud. Jamaica dog. Uh, Jamaica dog, you faded out, unfortunately. What happened there? I don't know. Well, we'll try that again. But yeah, <laughs> Jamaica dog, thank you for chiming in, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, he's there. He's still there. Oh, good, good. We hear you. Oh, uh, and remember when air was free at gas stations? Semi-professional hillbilly. I remember when air was free at gas stations, and it drives me crazy to this day that they want to charge you a dollar to put air in your tires when air is free. Come on, y'all. That's just crazy, right? And uh, Stephen Dreyer saying I used to work at a service station in the 70s. Air was always free. It was up until like early 90s, mid 90s, and maybe even late 90s before it got that way. But that just drives me crazy. All right, let's see what else we got going on here. This is another one. Again, I, I, this was probably a little bit after my age group, but is it the Bernstein Bears or the Bernstein Bears? I don't know. I kind of remember the one on the right. What do y'all remember? I used to watch it. I can't remember it well enough to actually give it. I was kind of like you with Looney Tunes on this one. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I remember the one on the right, like you said, the sign or the steam. I've got that call again. Let me try that. You there? Eric. Yeah. Mark Shaw. How you doing, man? Marky Shaw. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I am here. There we are. I'm here. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Marky Shaw is here, Jason. That's uh, He's the uh, guy that... What's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> How you boys doing tonight, man? It's great to hear from you. This is awesome. Marky Shaw, your uh, song was the biggest hit of uh, last week's show, man, and, and uh, I, I just want to know how come you're not a millionaire yet, dude. <laughs> man, it's, it's because, you know, the old saying is, uh, you know, I, I got it for a song. <laughs> <laughs> and that definitely plays true, man. Even to this day, uh, songs are really not worth a lot of money, to be honest with you, but they sure are a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yes. Well, I tell you, there's not a time that goes by that I don't talk to somebody and tell them that they need to get in touch with you because you can make them a theme song for their life. You know, they don't have to have a YouTube channel. Just write them a song on their life, and I think it's just awesome, man. You're just great, so... <laughs> And it's that true, is a man. great idea. I never heard it until Eric said it, that give someone a theme song for their life. I mean, that's just, that's original. I've never heard that before. It's a great idea. <laughs> it, it was, it's a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate the shout out you gave me last week too, man. I, I love the show. All the topics you guys are, are speaking about is really awesome. And uh, it's just, it's just really cool, man. And I, I got some attention as a result of your shout out. So really? That's Good. awesome. Hey. Much appreciated. Yeah, I saw a couple uh, purchases on the old iTunes, man. So that's that's Sweet. really cool. Hey, that is great news, man. I'm glad to hear that. Well, look, you know, I've said it before. Uh, I, you're, it's the work you did for me is worth a whole lot more than I can ever pay you. And I feel like the work you've done and the work you put up on YouTube is is really awesome stuff. Some of the comments, if you want to roll back through last week's show on uh, on the song what we played the whispers which was freaking awesome by the way i don't know that's how a great you song. yeah that's a great song man so the people were really digging it i'm really glad you liked that one man we had a lot of fun i actually had my friend scott uh he was a singer on that particular track uh i've been working with a lot of vocalists lately on just having them do the singing and i kind of kick back and do the producing and, and all the instrumentation and uh that's a lot of fun too man so um, you know, it's kind of like a Santana, you know, Santana yeah. was always the guy playing the guitar and everybody else is kind of the, the superstars that kind of pop in from time to time. Very cool, man. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working, my friend. 
Oh, thank you kindly. I appreciate it, man. I, I was I'm loving the the talks on the Mandela effect as well. And I have to say, man, the, the Baron Stein Bears, the one on the right, is definitely the one I remember. I don't know where that stain thing came from. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like I wasn't a hundred percent on that one, but I, I'm like fifty no, I'm not I'm gonna say seventy five percent sure the one on the right, Bernstein Bears instead of Bernstein. Yeah, I just that was kind of a surprise to me too. I'm glad you're digging this. So your thoughts on some of the other ones that come through here? Did you think, do you remember it as Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father? Oh, it was definitely Luke. Yeah. Uh, without, yeah. without question. It just seems so weird that, but, you know. So uh, let's take it from here. We don't have to show the rest of these pictures right now while we got you on the phone. What is your opinion? What do you think? What do you think is going on, man? What do you think is causing this? Is it just people forgetting, or what do you think it is? Man, it's a tough one. You know, my brain goes all over the place when it comes to some of these topics. And uh, I definitely think it could either either be some type of parallel universe stuff at work here. Um, you know, it could even very well be this whole idea of the Matrix, man. I, I kind of think back at the idea that we're, you know, living in some type of virtual reality of sorts. Um, and we've just been on some kind of loop over the past like 40 years where society's not really progressing very much. And where's my flying car, man? Yeah, right. Yeah. In the year 2000, <laughs> we'd be having flying cars by now. But, you know, that, that's kind of where I was thinking. I mean, w w what are your thoughts on some of that? Like the idea that this could be, well, some kind of simulation that we're living in. You know, I had not thought of that as a possibility, but it certainly makes that, sense. A glitch? Right. That came up as one of the theories when I was researching, and actually, I, I would agree with you there. I'm, I'm, uh, I lean towards that theory myself. So you think we're living possibly in some kind of a computer simulation, and that what we're experiencing is glitches, where they've rewritten a portion of the code to fix a problem? Huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that specific, but somewhere around those lines, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe it was like some kind of paradoxical type thing where they're where they're trying to correct some kind of glitch in time or something along those lines. Yeah. Incredible. And it just it changed something. Yeah, I, I do like that kind of theory, though. You know, the the simulated reality hypothesis is something that's been spoke about for geez years and years, man. So uh, way before the Matrix time. So it's it's kind of interesting to you know even think of that possibility. But you know, I love thinking. I love going back to your previous show, man, because I, I watched so much of that. I watched all two hours of it. Holy cow! It was awesome. Um, you know, I loved hearing about the ancient civilizations and the fact that, you know, there could have been, um, you know, civilization thousands of years before what we have today. Um, oh. God only God only knows what we could have lost, too. I know that uh, even when the Romans were kind of going through some of their scientific discoveries, that so many texts and scrolls and things got destroyed as a result of, you know, uh, just the uprising of other religions and things like that. So. Lord only knows, man. There's so much we don't know yet. Oh, yeah. I agree 100% on that. I, I, I'm firmly convinced on the ancient ancient civilization theory that we have come and gone at least once before, but probably more like two or three times. I wouldn't be surprised if modern man hasn't been around in some form or another for at least 100,000 years as an advanced civilization and then been wiped out and then slowly crawl their way back up just to get wiped out again. And I think that cycle continues and we just happen to be in a timeline right now where we're, we're, we're in that grace period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was curious on what other uh, Mandela effect examples you might have in the books here. man. Well, let's see here. I'll go through here. The other one, and Jason touched on this, uh, 
touched on this before, but this one also, you can ask anyone. That guy, the Pillsbury Doughboy, he has a white collar, a little white bib in this reality. The problem is there's no one. I, I can't think I can, I, maybe, maybe somebody tonight will chime in and say they do remember him with the little white collar there, but I can't find anyone that I've talked to in, uh, in, in my day-to-day -day that remembers it anything like that. How do you remember him? Man, that's a tough one. I seem to think it was blue. I thought it was blue. Yeah, that's that's what I'm at, and I'll go ahead and show that's you I thought too. blue, right? So everyone remembers this. That's what I remember. Uh, but apparently, that's no longer the case. We're living in a different reality. Or maybe they did a little bit of editing on the code. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, I am different in this reality. I think that sums it up pretty well. That is, that's pretty crazy. So some of the people are chiming in here. Um, how about the Michelin Man? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a picture of that one, but I bet you they probably messed with that one too. Thought it was blue seven forty one. Yep, he's on here. So again, I mean, there's a couple things that I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. This is not one of them. I am a hundred percent positive that he had a little blue scarf. I remember the commercials growing up. You know, they'll push a little, put a little finger in his belly there, and he'd laugh, and it was blue. It was always blue. It's very frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. At each one of these that you put on here, I start doing a Google image search. I'm like, what's going on here, man? <laughs> it's so weird, man. I'm telling you, it's crazy. So uh, let's see here. Error um, uh, code 503 saying uh, he thinks he remembers it being uh, the Doughboy even having a blue hat in the 70s. So that's possible. Semi-professional hillbilly says it was blue. So a lot of folks are saying blue. I, again, I'm in my mind, 100%, I'm sure that it was blue. So. Now I will go on from that one. We've got another one here. How about this guy? Does anybody remember the Publisher's Clearinghouse? All right, you're going to win your $10 million check. All you have to do is buy this magazine. Who was the guy that was always hawking that? Does anyone remember? Might be. Let's see here. It was this guy, but it wasn't this guy. Ed McMahon used to go around and make those commercials back in the 80s, except he didn't. Yeah, except he... Whoa! Yeah, he's no way. I mean, they're saying who is who? Who are they saying it? With? I, I mean, apparently not Ed McMahon. Come on! I mean, it I was totally remember him. It was no Ed way. McMahon. Here's just one ten million dollars. You know, hand him the giant check. Oh my gosh! It's Ed McMahon. It's a door, and they'd have the balloons, and they'd freaking out, and everybody's happy, and all you have to do is buy fifty magazines, and you're all set. We had that conversation in my house at least once a month that Ed McMahon was going to show up at the door. Right, right. <laughs> so we got some people chiming in that. Oh, yeah, Ed McMahon. Lots of people for Ed. Uh, Mile High Scripps says he did it for the other firm. What other firm? In my reality, it was just Publishers Clearinghouse. There was another firm? I don't recall that at all. But, yeah, so Carson joked about it. Yeah, I mean, it was different clearinghouse. But I don't know, man. Publisher's Clearinghouse. That's that's what it was. That's all I remember. So mm -hmm. crazy. That's that's one for you right there. You can think about Ed McMahon again. Like that one again. I would say ninety nine percent, probably a hundred percent. I'm sure it was Ed McMahon, Publisher's Clearinghouse, and now it's not, and I don't know why. On to one Jason just alluded to, the Mandela Effect, and Mr. Moneybags, the guy from Monopoly. Who here remembers him with the monocular on, that little eyeglass? See, I do. I remember him with the monocular. Me too. How about you, Mr. Shaw? 
Man, I have to say it's the one on the left. I don't I don't remember the monocle. Really? Okay. There you go. For some odd reason, maybe I don't know. Maybe it could have been uh you know, I kinda was growing up during the eighties mostly and uh that's I seem to be the one I remember. Okay. Well see now, we're we're just from different universes at that point, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> it spun off one of the billions. That's you know? right, you know, and that's the beauty of it is I think there's if it is a, a parallel universe or a multiple universe we're dealing with here, there are so many different variations that if we're really switching around from one to one to one to one, then you could literally remember half of these things the way I remember them and the other half the way someone else remembers them. And about 5,000 million things in between that are completely unique to yourself. So that's that's really weird, isn't it? But yeah, I, I remember the one on the right. You remember the one on the left. Jason, which one do you remember? I remember the one on the right. I remember the monocular. Monocular. Okay. Well, what about, let's see what else people are saying here. Uh, what was the... Mile High Scrubs is saying American Family Clearinghouse. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't even I'm remember that. it's not true, but I don't remember that. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Stream Jar says maybe this is a parallel show. It could be. You never know. Somewhere right now, we're quite popular, Jason. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> 741 says the one on the right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, man. So these things are happening, and, and I think we're almost out of out of uh, examples, but we'll talk about some of the some of the things that may be causing this. We, one of the big ones we just talked about there, that, that this might be a simulation, that our whole life may be something that we pay good money for in another reality to experience. Have you thought about that, Mr. Shaw? That maybe it is a matrix, but maybe it's not a matrix that we're stuck in. Maybe it's a matrix that we literally pay to experience. Man, that's a, that's a really interesting concept. Um, uh, it's so, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough for me to kind of pinpoint where I think it could be. Um, like I said, I think the the whole idea that I've been using the same type of cell phone for the past 10 years where it's like just this slate type of device like that, that to me is kind of a sign. It's like, why is certain technological advances just being held back in some way? It seems like it's just slow progression when you kind of look of it in terms of, you know, we were traveling to the moon in 1969 on a, like a eight bit computer. Like what's, what has happened in the past 40, 50 years I mean, yes, we have faster machines and we can do great things, but uh, I'm just skeptical of, of why things haven't progressed as quickly as I was imagining as a child. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. The, the, the idea that they give us just enough and then got us to a point where they felt like they control us better, I guess, and just left us sitting there. You're right, though. The technology is increasing, but not at the rate that you would think with the leaps and bounds we made from, say, the turn of the century through to the 60s, you would think now looking 50 years past that, that we would be... My big thing as far as that goes is energy. You know, we're still using uh, combustion engines for the majority of, of, of everything, and that our power plants are still mostly coal-fired or nuclear-fired, that we haven't come up with any new tech in that department. And you would think with all the great minds, not just in America but worldwide, that if we were moving along at that pace that we should have come up with some really incredible inventions in that department over the years. And we haven't. So that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So let's see, I've got, uh, I got one more here and this one, uh, they've actually made a lot of jokes up on the internet. Again, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but this one, I worked at a video store, uh, think clerks. Cause literally that was the experience I had. And I worked at a video store in the uh, early nineties while I was in college and uh, and I remember a movie called Shazam that had this guy Sinbad in it. 
And apparently that movie never existed. But another movie by Shaquille O'Neal called Kazam, or was it maybe I'm getting the two words reversed there, but Shaquille O'Neal made a movie that was very similar about a genie. But apparently the one from Sinbad, which I clearly remember having on the shelf and renting out to many young families, never existed. So, uh, Jason, do you remember that movie? I don't. When that example came up, I couldn't... I, I don't. I don't. I can't chime in on that one at all. Yeah, it's not a movie that I ever rented or, or watched. I never rented it, but I remember it coming in when it came out. I remember it being on the shelf, and and I do remember the Shaquille O'Neal uh, movie as well. But this was a separate movie, and it apparently it does not exist. But they actually got uh, <laughs> got Sinbad to make a. If you look on YouTube or Google it, uh, he actually made a a video that kind of makes fun of the Mandela effect, and he actually. <laughs> made like a little video so there was like lost footage of the the Sinbad movie so it's out there but it's it's not real so I actually give him a lot of credit for that that was kind of funny but oh man we missed a bunch of comments here let me see what we got here he did, yeah I was trying to keep up with uh Eric code 503 saying I'm trying to build a UFO with my old speaker mags but I keep getting stuck on my garage door <laughs> keep at it my friend keep at it and if you get it built take a picture and we'll put it on the air <laughs> semi-professional hillbilly someone in the future came back and stepped on a bug that caused the butterfly effect. And that is actually one of the main theories of the Mandela effect, mm-hmm. is that at some point, either now or in the future, there are people who are in control of a time travel device. They go back in time, uh, probably just to observe, uh, but possibly to alter events. And by observing, even the smallest change in that environment causes changes to our timeline. Why that would only affect some of the people in our timeline's memory, I don't have an explanation for, and I don't think there is an explanation for, but it is certainly one of the theories. Jason, you did some reading on that. What was your take on that? I did, and that's why I kind of kept going back and forth. And I, I did like the simulated reality. It seemed to explain it a little bit, but the simulated reality to me did not explain why it was so sporadic. That's more like a paradigmal shift. And, you know, Stephen Hawking referred to, to the paradigm, you know, the different universes and he himself before he died actually said that it was cycling down that there wasn't as many alternate universes as there once was <clears throat> i didn't get much into figure out his reasoning about it but there's been a lot of research into the different universes and i was actually trying to look up a story real quick because there was a woman that i came across during her research she woke up one morning and she started noticing that her bed her comforter was a different color and her her walls were a different color and when she got to work they didn't know who she was and like this was a well-documented case. It wasn't just a, some loony. No, not her. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it was a well-documented case that they followed. And I was trying to look for it so I could reference it. But hmm. I have heard of it. Goes, it goes really deep. Well, there are, you know, as far as if we're looking at, if we're looking at time slips or parallel universes, the story that I remember the best, and I don't remember the finer details, but I'll, I'll relay it to you both, is that the... Uh, there was a gentleman who flew into uh, into Japan sometime in the mid '50s. Briefcase, all of all of his stuff, passport, and all the rest. He gets off the plane, rolls up. They inspect his passport, and his passport's from a country named like Maluria or something like that. And so they suspect that the passport has been forged. They pull the guy aside, they put him in a room, and they start talking to him. And he is convinced, and he is adamant that he has come from the country Maluria, and he's here on business except the business that he wants to be dealing with doesn't exist. So they go through his stuff, and he has Malurian cash, and he points to the area on a globe where it exists, except obviously it's not there. And they're confused, don't know what to make of it. They leave him in a locked room, and they go to check on uh, you know, getting 
more help to figure out what to do with this guy. And when they come back, he has disappeared. He has vanished. All of his stuff is gone. He's gone and everything is gone. But everyone in that dealt with them. Everyone on the flight remembers him. Everyone that dealt with him in the passport area, you know, during check-in and all that, they all remember him, but he disappeared. So here's an example of someone who may have slipped from one reality to another or one universe from another, or in the case of what Marky Shaw is saying, perhaps slipped from one program to another in the matrix. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in that particular story, they felt like the, the universe he came from Germany actually won World War II, right? I believe that's correct. Yeah. names were different, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the maps had been completely withdrawn. The countries were still the same as far as the, the landmass, you know, the, the continents were the same, but all the countries had all been completely changed. But mm-hmm. That's creepy, man. <laughs> hadn't heard of that one, Margie? That's a really good yeah. one. Yeah, you'll have yeah, to do some. Awesome. Yeah, look into that. It's documented. It's It happened in Japan, I think it was the mid-50s, so very interesting. Um, that's a- that kind of made me think of a question, actually, in, in regards to you know time travel. Uh, I, I've heard people frame this question before on other websites where if you could go back in time 100 years, what would you bring with you back in time to kind of show the people of the past? Wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting because if you're talking about going back 100 years, we're looking at, two, you know, 1918. The car had been invented. Computers were a distant dream. You know, and, and this is something I talked about with my wife. If we're talking about maybe, oh, I'll take a, I'll take a laptop back to show them the amazing things that a laptop can do. If you think about taking a piece of hardware like that back in time, and then you think about what's happened in the last 25 years with technology as far as computer technology, what could a, what could a laptop really do in 1918? Because it's not hooked up to the Internet. It's not really, not really doing a whole lot of anything. I mean, you could word process on it and... You could do video editing if you had a camera and audio editing, I suppose. But I'm sure they would find it amazing and they'd be able to crunch numbers and do great things like we did with our first real computers. But the technology would be so lost on them because the supporting technology doesn't exist back there. So that that is a tough one, man. I'm not sure what I would really bring back there. Probably (laughs) just, yeah. I think one of the best answers I've ever heard to that question is I would go ahead and bring back my cell phone, my smartphone, and I'd tell the people I have a device in my pocket that has the answers to pretty much all of life's questions and has all of humanity documented on it. But instead, I use it to look up cat pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it too, isn't it? Yeah, look at what we do with all this technology. We waste it. We just... God, and, and I got to say, get serious on you for a second. That actually reminded me, and I'm going to send you an email, Eric. That might be another good topic because there is, uh, there's tons of pictures out there where somebody snapped a picture, and there's 15 people out there, one guy wearing a Nike jumpsuit in the 1900s. Yeah, I've seen and a couple of those. Time jumping and stuff. Yeah, I've seen a that, couple of those. So that you know, again, that goes back to the time travel possibility. Are people in the future taking vacations in the past, or you know, let's think like not nefarious reasons. Let's think that the technology exists. There are guidelines, and occasionally somebody just screws up. Uh, it could very well just be that. But uh, so we go from that. There are the you know that's a main. That's one that I find parallel universes from time traveling being an issue. The other big one that we see a lot here, and that a lot of people yell about, and I don't know anything about this, so I'll I'll kind of say it's possible, but I don't know that it's possible because I don't know anything about it, and they don't really. I'm not smart enough to understand it, and that would be the CERN. Y'all familiar with the CERN, the giant super collider they have over there in Europe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
you know, there's theories all over the place. I think anytime there's a piece of equipment we don't understand, and you probably think back to, you know, Stone Age, you know, somebody somebody brings a lighter back 10,000 years and lights a lighter, they're going to think that that is some pretty mystic voodoo stuff there and might think it's a, you know, an evil entity and it needs to be destroyed. So there are a lot of, uh, a lot of stories like that involving the CERN, and a lot of people say that somehow or another by powering up the super collider, that they're ripping apart these parallel universes and actually causing, you know, a shift for some of the population that it's creating a, a you know, a parallel warp bubble that moves us from one side to the other. I don't know on that. Do either one of you have any <clears throat> theories on that? If you feel like that's a possibility or you think that may be that the CERN is just the CERN and it's all hype. Man, I think that's certainly a possibility because when you kind of think of it, this goes back to the string theory and trying to find the, the God particle, as they say. And, like, I kind of think that's the purpose of this machine. And we just don't understand dark matter. We don't understand uh, if there is just one particle that makes up everything that, that, that exists in life. Um, so, geez, I, I think it's just another one of those things that's uh, still kind of we haven't explored enough yet. And we don't know what the effects could be. Jason, your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm kind of with him there as well. I mean, we don't know what we're doing to it because that's, I mean, that's that's getting blamed for a lot of stuff, isn't it? Not just this. Yeah, I mean, there's theories on the CERN from everything from ripping open a porthole to hell uh, to ripping apart the fabric of space. They're worried, some people are worried we're going to create a micro black hole, which will then expand into a regular black hole and we'll all just disappear in the course of a second or two. And all these things are possible, but there's a part of me that thinks that there's definitely that possibility but in myself i almost look at the cern and i think this thing is so damn sophisticated and i know so little about its operation that i feel like we're giving this a little bit of that mystic voodoo uh you know we don't understand it so it must be bad or we got to kill it because you know kill it before it grows which is not really a bad policy sometimes real, real quick before we run out of time eric and i don't want to be rude to our current caller but it looks like we have another gentleman trying to buzz in and I'd like to absolutely do we the, all right. I'll let you guys go. I've bogarted this line for long enough. <laughs> no, I, no, I really appreciate it, guys. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Rockin' Woody, good to finally talk to you and Eric as well in person here. Awesome. Man. It's, uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Good luck with the rest of the show, and uh, I'll be in touch, Eric. Awesome, man. Uh, we'll uh, close out the show with one of your fine songs, as always, and uh, appreciate you calling in, man. Be sure to give us a call back on another night, my friend. Take care. You got it. Take care, guys. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Nice talking. talk to you. So, okay, he's out. Like Maha Scribbs was trying to get through. He said he sent a request. Um, well, the lines are open. If somebody wants to call in, we'll do that. And in the meantime, let's talk about uh, the last possibility. Nah, I don't know if it's a possibility, but it is what I feel like um, is that definitive proof of an alternate reality or a parallel universe. And that is this scary monster right here called the D-Wave. Have you ever heard of this one, Jason? I've not heard of that specifically, no. Okay. All right. We got a call coming in here, so let me see if I can get this set up. You there? Uh-oh. Hello. Hello. Hmm. I don't know. It's not showing up. Yeah, it didn't come through like the other one did, so I don't know if that yeah. one went. Might sure. be having some issues. Let me go ahead and read a couple things here. Uh, put Nancy and Hillary in the CERN and let her rip. Hey, whatever. 
<laughs> that might create an entire universe of Hillary. You never know. I think Google purchased the D-Wave, didn't they? Yes, they did, Marky Shaw. In fact, let me go ahead and I'll show you the bottom part of this picture that should scare you. Hey, look at that. It's Google. Yeah. <laughs> that ought to do the trick. Error code 503. Quantum computing would kill cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin because it can crack any encryption. That is correct. Uh, oh, Michael Highscrub says it crashed his uh, hotel Wi-Fi. Probably not enough speed there. That's all right, my friend. That's okay. We're getting ready to wrap the show up. We just got a few minutes left. We might go a little bit in overtime, but I do want to cover this D-Wave as part of this. So, Jason, again, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or any of you out there are, but the D-Wave is a Canadian company that has created quantum computing. And I, again, am not a genius by any means, but quantum computing means that a normal computer, every computer built either analog or digital up till this point, operates at a state of either on or off, a zero or a one. That has been the right. case since the beginning of computing, right? Even mechanical computers operated on a zero or one method. Mm -hmm. So quantum computing operates differently. It literally uses a bit, and that bit can occupy a zero and a one simultaneously. And it does so by entering a quantum state. The best explanation that the folks at D-Wave can give is that a quantum state is when that particle enters an alternate parallel universe. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. You can do all the research you want on this. It'll literally keep you up at night. So quantum computers, like the D-Wave, you go out and you say, hey, computer, I want you to solve this problem for me. I want you to look into this simulation, give me an answer. And a normal computer would have to churn its way through from start to finish, where a quantum computer can look at the problem in its entirety simultaneously and give you an answer uh, 100 million times faster than current computing can. And I believe that's actually an understatement. It's pretty well instantaneous. Here's what they told uh, in a public meeting. The owners of the D-Wave Corporation said, and I quote, we don't really understand exactly how it works. <laughs> Terminator 2. <laughs> it works. So their best guess as far as the speed, look at the speed, 100 million times faster, right? Their best guess is that when you ask it a question or ask it to solve a problem and it goes into its quantum state, that that computer is literally going into a state where it matches D waves in hundreds or millions or hundreds of millions or hundreds of billions of alternate realities where there is also a D-Wave working on the same exact task. So you can ask it a question with a certain amount of data, it goes into a quantum state and returns with more data than it came into that situation with and no answer as to how it got it. It is quite literally going into a parallel alternate reality and asking and finding the answers it needs. And that is some scary, weird, real stuff that is currently happening right here on our little planet earth and everybody who's out there what i can do um we didn't announce this yet but we have a facebook page instagram we're, we're getting out on the social media i'll put all this any kind of research information we can find on this stuff i'll post it there shortly after the show so you can go there and reference it because I, I want to read about it now too <laughs> it's incredible and we may cover the d-wave uh, as its own one hour block some other day because it is that spectacular there are a couple of YouTubers out there that have covered the D-Wave, and um, some of them will scare the bejesus out of you. Uh, Marky Shaw's chiming in. Quantum computing is fascinating. Traditional computing is very linearly and process-driven. 
making it multi-dimensional with no limitation of storage. And Lord only knows why it could be capable of. Yeah, so <sighs> crazy. Yeah. Michael High Scrub saying, uh, do you guys have a Twitter feed? We do. I just set it up and uh, I'm going to be... I'm going to be blunt about something here, guys. I don't have any idea how Twitter works, but we do have a Farpoint Farms Twitter page. I'm sorry, a Midnight Cafe Twitter page. We did post a video on there, so if you can find it, uh, great. I don't know how to tweet. I don't know. I can post to the page, but I don't know about hashtags. I don't know any of that stuff because, well, I'm old and we use CB Radio where I come from. I'm trying to learn all that stuff now, but we also have an Instagram page as well, too. So. Yes. So we have Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And actually, Marky Shaw, if you're still with us, yeah, you are, hopefully. You are, uh, you're to blame for all this, man. <laughs> One of our early conversations between me, you and me, Marky, was that you said you need to get on Reddit and you need to, um, you know, you need to be on all these other platforms. And I thought, all right, I can do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm on them, man, but I don't understand how to use them. So if any of y'all want to give us a hand... Or point us in the direction of some videos that uh, literally teach old people how to work Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're taking we're taking calls. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. A mile high scripts. Thank you, man. If you want to give me a, a you know contact me through my uh, Farpoint Farms email, I'd love to love to have some pointers on how to get out. We're you know we're small beans, obviously. I, actually, tonight we we did clear 30, 30 viewers, which was really impressive Maybe. considering this is a brand new channel with only a hundred subscribers. You know, it's one thing to play this on uh, the Farpoint Farms channel with all those 13,000 just happen to get that, you know, notification and maybe pop in for a few minutes. But the fact that some of y'all hung out all two hours, that's huge. We're in overtime now, and I really do appreciate all of you, so. Uh, yeah, me as well. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, this man. This is a lot of fun. I, we, this is, we've been talking about call-ins and all that, and that was just, that was amazing. It was great. So we're going to do it again next week. Uh, might be weird. Next week, I'm going to be out of town. We are going to attempt to do the show. If we, for some reason, cannot do the show, what I'm going to do is record something beforehand. It won't be a full two hours, but I'll probably do maybe 30 minutes. Me and Jason will set up a time. We'll do a show. We'll just record it, and I will post it. So obviously it won't be something where you can chime in, but we'll just talk about the topic of the week. So that is that, but we will. I will be back the following week uh, for that Saturday, and we will go back to live. And don't forget, spread the word, the uh, President... Bill CB Radio giveaway is the last Saturday in February. And I uh, hope if you haven't signed up for it already, go ahead over to the video on Farpoint Farms and sign up. All you have to do is leave a comment in the uh, video description down there at the bottom and you'll be entered. Jason, any last words before we cut to some music? No, no. Thank you guys for coming. It was a pleasure. We'll see you guys either next week or week after. Excellent. Let me go ahead and pull up one last song. Marky Shaw. I'm going to play one of your songs. If at any point in uh, time you decide you want to not have me play your songs, I will be happy and will oblige. But uh, I love them, so I'm playing another one. This one is Convinced. Another great song from Marky Shaw. Have everyone have a great evening. This is The Midnight Cafe. I am your host, Mad Dog, a.k.a. Eric. And with me tonight again was... Rockin' Woody, a.k.a. Jason. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good evening. Take care.
Just like 